The ACLU has submitted a petition to the Supreme Court and actually has reached the Supreme Court where they are, well, they're stating unequivocally that women should be forced to sign up for the draft. And I know a lot of people in the comments are like, wow, the ACLU actually fighting for equality? Like, women should have to do the draft too? And I'm kind of like, nobody should have to do the draft. I'm not for the draft. So I don't know how I feel about that. I understand it's equality, but I'm kind of like, how about you just stop requiring dudes to sign up for the draft? There is an interesting conversation in that, though, because conscription in some in some aspects, well, I mean, it makes sense. If a foreign adversary of the U.S. literally dropped, you know, troops onto our beaches and started storming the streets and whatever, yeah, we'd have to defend ourselves. So there's a really interesting conversation around that. And then we got some other stories, too. This is crazy. A, a D.C. news anchor made a comment about fat people not that they shouldn't be allowed to get the vaccine before anyone else. And he got fired because of it. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the other, issue, uh, other issues of the day. We've got uh, we got things around that. And uh, we've actually got a very famous movie star hanging out with us, <laughs> Ethan Suplee. You want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Ethan Suplee. Thanks for having me, Tim. Uh, just what do you what, real quick? What do you do? Who are you? I'm an actor. I have a podcast called American Glutton. Um, I, I have a movie coming out later this year. And I've been in some movies that maybe some people have seen and, and television shows. shows. That's right. yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think people are probably familiar with you, definitely. Yeah. And I'm wearing I'm wearing your hoodie. Yeah, thank it's you. cool hoodie. I liked it. American so, Glutton. Is so the Ethan gave me this yeah. American Glutton hoodie, and I thought it was an anarchy hoodie. That's pretty American cool. American <laughs> Glutton. But I'm like, I don't wear it anyway, you know. So there you go. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll talk about some stuff. I'm really interested to talk about Hollywood actually because the way COVID has changed everything. Yeah. Before the show, we were we were, we were having a kind of interesting conversation about. What this is going to mean for like big A-list actors when movie theaters don't really exist in the same way. So we'll talk about that stuff. Sure. What's it got Luke hanging out? I really like the colors of that hoodie. That's and cool. uh, those women better get ready because the United States just bombed Syria. Woo! And uh, everyone's talking about a toy potato. So everything's going great. <laughs> Welcome back, beautiful, amazing human beings. My name is Zukardowski of WeAreChange.org. If you wish to support me, you can very easily by purchasing my shirts like the wear one I'm wearing right now that says... The media is a virus, which you could get exclusively on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. Thanks for having me. That's a spicy shirt. It, it is. is. <laughs> but it the is media honest. is the virus. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah, we got Ian. He's hey, everybody. What's up? Ian Crossland, you know me. I got a uh, NASA jacket on. It was a little cold up here, so we uh, we threw on a, the awesome hoodie Jackets. in this thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't work for NASA or anything. Ethan's good to see you. Ethan was in one of my favorite movies of all time, Mall Rats. I just found out. Yep. Yelling kind of at blowing my mind, boy. dude. <laughs> Do you remember who I was yet? Yeah, okay, I keep good. thinking about it. I love it. Okay, good. It's one of the best scenes. I haven't seen it in like the little boy is like it's a movie. schooner. And what do you say? Like, you dumb. I'm not going to say it. Yes. <laughs> I call him a bad word. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Go, it's a I, sailboat. I also attack Easter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bunny. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brutal, vicious. <laughs> what, you like, punch it in the face or something? Do I punch it? Choke it out or something? Just kick it. I might kick it. I, I don't actually <laughs> it's been remember. A while. It has been a while. It's kind of crazy that My Michael Rooker's in that movie, and yeah. then he went into the Marvel movies for Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's like, man, that guy's been working forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. We yeah. shot that movie 26 years ago. Wow. What was it like, gorilla shooting, like on the on the scene, under, or did you get rent no, out of that, the mall? Yeah, that they had money for, so we rented a mall in uh, Minnesota, and we had basically the whole mall, and we would shoot at night. Um yeah, but we had the run of it. That's cool. So epic. Mall right America. Cool. Is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I had a scene with Stan Lee, which was pretty awesome. Very oh, cool. that's right. Yeah, yeah man. Wow. 
So cool. They got to get you in the Marvel movies next. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Or the TV shows, whatever they're doing. That'd be cool. Uh, we also got Sour Patch. Let's yes, press I am p- pushing all the buttons in the corner for Ethan Suppley. It's so super cool. Suppley. Excuse me. Suppley. We all pronounce it wrong. There you go. My friends, we have a really awesome sponsor today. Yes. Seriously. This is pocketnet.app. You can see the link in the description below. Click it. Check it out. Sign up. Over the past week or month, I have been becoming more and more fervent in my rants about the need for decentralized media to fight back against censorship, manipulation, these pressure tactics. Pocketnet.app is that. They say on their website, no corporation, open source, nobody can take your subscribers away. All advertising revenue goes directly to you as the content creator, owned and self-policed by users like you. Join the revolution today. Again, one of the things that I've been stressing is that when we're dealing with the people getting banned, the infrastructure problems, how do we maintain an open and free internet when even the best attempts at creating some kind of alternative network is still centralized in some capacity? Ian, you've been talking a lot about blockchain technology. Oh, yeah. And ways to make it so it's like an immutable system that no one can take down. Yep. And well, pocketnet.app. I know. These guys are on the forefront. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool. And so seriously... uh grateful that they would sponsor the show considering how much i am absolutely stressing the importance of something like this so guys if you go to right now there's not much there but pocketnet.app slash timcast news is going to start syncing all of my videos which will make it so that uh the stuff can never be removed my understanding is it can't be removed and that's what they say so uh or they say no one can take your subscribers away at the very least i think this is the one of the most important steps in making sure that we are allowed to keep speaking as legitimate human beings. They write to express ourselves. Look, whatever happens with Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, any of this stuff, if we don't invent new technology and, and look at new, new sites like PocketNet, then I mean, we're doomed. So this is the stuff we have to do. And I, I'm even, uh, moving towards some kind of open source plugins that you could use for websites to help embolden and strengthen this stuff. So definitely check it out. Pocketnet.app. Seriously, very, uh, very big thank you. And don't forget, sign up for Timcast.com. Become a member to get access to exclusive episodes and segments from the Timcast IRL podcast. And it helps also keep us alive in the event that we get purged. But let's just jump to the first big news story and then we'll just roll with it. It's very simple. From the Hill. Supreme Court asked to declare the all-male military draft unconstitutional. The ACLU issued a new petition saying women should be required to register register for enlistment as well. They say a new petition issued by the ACLU has made it to the Supreme Court and aims to declare the historic male-only military draft unconstitutional. Noting that the U.S. Department of Defense lifted the ban on women serving in combat in 2013, the petition specifies that the obligation for men to register upon turning 18 years old has yet to be applied to women. Quote, thousands of women have since served with distinction in combat positions across all branches of the military. The formal petition reads, the registration requirement has no legitimate purpose and cannot withstand the uh, exacting scrutiny of sex-based laws uh, that sex-based laws require. Rooted in this argument is the 1981 case Rotsker v. Goldberg, which argued that because American men are required to register under the U.S. law and women are not, the male-only draft is discriminatory and unconstitutional. The act gives U.S. presidents the power to require mandatory conscription of eligible adult males into the U.S. Army, but excludes women. Ultimately, the court held that the act does not violate equal protection clauses under the Fifth Amendment. 
and that the government is allowed to develop an army in times of national emergency. Now the petition asks the Supreme Court to overrule Rotsker v. Goldberg, since women are formally allowed to register for military service and in combat roles. And just as an, as an aside, I don't want to derail from this story. We have the Equality Act being passed by the House, which would add sex to ni- the 1964 Civil Rights Act. So as far as I'm concerned, ladies, start lining up and registering hmm. for the Selective Service because y'all are going to be drafted. I have a question. I, I didn't realize that there was still a draft. I, I realized that when I was the age for the draft, I was obese and, and wouldn't have qualified. I also have flat feet. But did you guys all register for the draft? Yes. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Think, <laughs> well, I you're, you're what, 41? Did. Didn't yeah. you have to if you go to college? So, so like you have to apply for selective services? You have to register to vote. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. when you were doing, when, when you would go to the DMV, they'd give you forms. It would be like, I, sol- I sign up for the selective service. And then. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they, they say that the all-volunteer uh, force is more effective, and I think that's true. Like, the data shows you get a bunch of people who don't want to be there who are scared and forced into it. You get a really ineffective fighting force. I think that's what they learned from Vietnam. So my bigger question with all of this is I know there's a lot of guys who are probably laughing and cheering. Like, yeah, yeah, finally. Because we've, we've seen this before. There was another attempt at, at making this happen, and feminists were outraged. They were like, this is not what I wanted when, when I said I wanted equality. I do not want to have to go to war and fight in combat or anything like that. And it's like, well, that's what equality means. But I guess there's a libertarian question in all this. Should there be a draft? I mean, it, it, I'm sure, look, I, like I said, there's people like guys who are like, haha, now you have to sign up for the draft. I'm kind of like, nah, I don't, I don't know if anybody should have to do that, right? Well, if you look at what wars we're fighting, they're not really wars promoting freedom. They're not really wars fighting any kind of threat. And I think Henry Kissinger, uh, you know, he has this famous quote. He said, quote, military men are just dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns in American foreign policy. Wait, guy, I swear. Yes, really? Yes. Yeah, Henry Kissinger said that. I confronted him on it face to face, one on one. He didn't like that question. Oh, uh, but but now we need an official correction for Mr. Kissinger. He needs to state uh, specifically that military men and women and women are now just dumb, stupid animals to be used as sponsor for foreign <laughs> policy so we need an official correction i hope the mainstream media pressures mr henry kissinger oh, to on. to offer this correction Gender i'm being inclusive. facetious obviously yeah. <laughs> here but but uh, i mean obviously i'm against the draft i mean i think it's a ridiculous idea you look at the wars that have been started all of them are, are based on false pretenses all of them are based on benefiting the military industrial complex that is now getting their lunch with the biden presidency especially with the latest attacks that happened tonight but also even before that when you look at raytheon for an example which by the way a board member is now our defense secretary that uh, of Raytheon. Thing. That's great. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. it's 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 very. What, what did they call it in the media when they described him? Um, he was a person of color, and that was great. Uh, his oh, history. It was diversity. Yeah. It was it was a, you know, they, they, they talked about diversity, but not his Raytheon pass. And now you look at what the Biden administration is doing with Raytheon. Raytheon just got an eighty-five million dollar weapons deal with Chile, a hundred ninety-seven million dollar weapons deal in Egypt, two hundred forty-five million dollar weapons deal with the United States, and another one point two billion dollar weapons deal with U.S. missile defense systems. That's what Raytheon just got under a Biden presidency. But wait, wait, wait! You said missile defense systems, uh, upgrading and working on the military. But uh, will defense there? System. Will there be women forced 
through conscription to be manning those. That's the big question. Well, right now, there there was a... There, I remember just a few years ago, there was a crisis with trying to enlist uh, people in the military. But now with how robotic everything is becoming, especially with the onset of things like drone warfare, the United States military doesn't need as many people. And with the recent economic downturn, more people are volunteering. So right now, the United States does not need to use uh, the draft. But if there was a bigger conflict, let's just say with Russia, which, of course, the United States is positioning itself with, especially with tonight's actions, bombing a Syrian, uh, you know, a Syrian facility that's used by the Iranian backed rebels. Uh, you have to wonder that this is this is something that might play a big role in the future. I wonder if it, one of the reasons we're seeing this, it's not the first time it's happened in the past few years. There have been attempts to get women into combat roles and to sign up for it's not it's not the draft specifically it's the selective service i think it's called is that what's yes, called selective yeah, service yeah. and that it's essentially the draft database that in the event they have to reinstate the draft they got everybody's info but we've been we've been talking about war with china for quite a bit i mean the threat from the south china sea and uh the threat to taiwan i'm not entirely convinced biden's gonna go against china in that capacity but maybe the U.S. has currently got, I think, some aircraft carriers in the South China Sea. Could be remnants from the Trump administration. But we seem to be pretty close to war. I think, uh, was it Vladimir Putin who said that uh, we're in a period that's kind of like pre-World War II? You know, then we're looking, we, we see things like that. We see the money supply. I don't, I don't, Ethan, have you seen this stuff with the money supply skyrocketing? Yes. Like, just like printing money like crazy. So I wonder if they're basically saying we need to start preparing <clears throat> and putting together this database in the event that we got to go fight some people. You know? you know, I'm really anti-war and really, really dislike the draft. I would have been, if I had Vietnam, one of those guys that fled to Canada probably because I didn't want to go. What's wrong with Mexico, Ian? Stuff, that old, Ian? Stuffed in a tube, <laughs> go crawl through tunnels with a pistol looking for dudes with AKs waiting for me. Like, no, but you sure you want to also... a refrigerator for a repairman or something? Yeah, I don't want to get inside of a refrigerator for a repairman. Is that what you just said? I said, do what? What? I said something like, okay. wouldn't you have been a refrigerator repairman? Yeah, it would have been something like that in the army. You mean I get it? Um, yeah. But then they would send those guys into the jungle. You'd be like, I'm, I'm an engineer. Yeah, you're an engineer on the front line. It was terrible, terrible. But I, but I see a value to the draft in that if we were invaded, you got to get people, you got to get them armed and get them in, and and you're not waiting, hoping that they'll come to the Look, defense looks, of the country. Looks, looks I'm, like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, like yeah. If we get invaded, but we don't get invaded. Yeah, we never have been invaded. Yeah, geopolitically, the United States is at a very, very big advantage compared to a lot of other countries where it's located. So we're in a very safe, safe position, as well as many gun owners that, of course, also add another big national defense. And there was a meme showing all the crazy people that lived all over the United States. And it was a meme saying, this is why the United States never gets invaded. Uh, South Los Angeles, it was Koreans. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then... And other than that, it was Vatos, and then it was uh, gang members in Chicago, mm -hmm. it was Florida Man in Florida, oh, yeah. Hicks in Texas. I forgot exactly all the other uh, no, representation of America, Dude, but... Uh, the the yeah. Chicago police can't even take over yeah. Chicago. Yeah. For real. Like America will never in be invaded. Fifth generational warfare is the only way to really take over the United States, and I, I mean, believe that's, that's personally happening right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There was a really funny tweet I saw earlier where it was uh, uh, from... It was a, I think the website was The Gray Zone, which is like anti-war leftist. And they tweeted, information war is real. And Twitter added a label, this information may have been obtained through <laughs> <Wow>. hacking. <laughs> and then it's like, Twitter literally proved the point that we try yep. and call out these big military firms and the manipulation and the propaganda. Twitter itself is like, this is propaganda. Ignore this. There's nothing to see here. So, yeah, you know what? Like, I, I brought up, you know, China and potential for war. 
I think we, I think you'll just see skirmishing, you know, skirmishes, some little hot, you know, back and forth, maybe like Hong Kong. If, if China goes for Taiwan, it's not going to be, well, it, it might be. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I think you're right in that, you know, Luke, we've been talking about fifth generational warfare. Are, are you familiar with what? No, I don't know what fifth generational warfare means. Basically, we're past the point where violence is effective in allowing someone to gain control of a population. And what we're seeing from that is, like with the culture war in the U.S., victimhood is power. So if you victimize someone, you lose legitimacy. So what we're seeing now, manipulation, propaganda, convince mm-hmm. populations to join you through information, manipulation, big tech companies, etc. It's going to be way more effective than, you know, physically punching somebody. Right. And also push self-destructive tendencies and also push things that ultimately destroy a nation through destroying their youth. And if you look at our youth, I mean, I did a video about this today, uh, record high suicides, especially in places where there's the most strictest lockdowns. And there's even court cases of of major people arguing we need to bring back the schools because kids are going to keep killing themselves in record numbers like they already are. Which it's, is absolutely the crazy. lockdown stuff's yeah. getting real yeah. bad. I mean, how would you rank uh, Americans? I mean, I mean, I think you're our age. Throughout the years, I, I think it's safe to say that things haven't been going that well for the American people. I, I think I'm a little older than you yeah. guys. But how, how old are you? Forty four. Well, you're a little bit older than Ian. Forty one. But you're ten years older than me. Yeah, there you go. Thank God. I <laughs> thought you were going to say no. We're the same age. I'm and I was going to be shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, I think that all of the things that we think of as having power in America are all just ideas. And so if these structures, I think that the way to uh, dissolve them isn't through war and violence. For real, it is just to convince people. That's exactly what yeah. fifth generational war is. Yeah, yeah but I, I think like like if you look at how the USSR kind of dissolved and it got really rough immediately following the dissolution of the USSR. And there was a lot of scary stuff happening over there. Yeah. But people just went like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It was, it was a loss, loss of confidence. Right. I'm worried about that for here in the U S you know, like if people stop believing in the legitimacy of government or of institutions, it's not about whether or not they oppose them. Opposition is not the op- is, so so opposition is not the opposite of confidence. Indifference would be. So if you've got people who are looking to the US government and they're saying I believe in this government in that it's strong and capable and you must abide by its laws. And honest. That's a big thing too. And well if people view it as not honest and they come to oppose it, the opposition is still rooted in the idea that the government holds power and is legitimate. But let's say there's a system that people find they're indifferent to, so they outright ignore. That's when government actually collapses. Yeah, I agree. Well, the, the thing is, there's a, there's a lot of people losing confidence in the system because of all the dishonesty. There was a great article. I forgot who wrote it. I forgot where I read it, but it said the reason we have things like you know uh, theories about uh, you know government. I can't. Can we even say that word? The <laughs> oh, the, the c word. Yeah. Can we even say the c word? I don't know. Uh, What's the c word? Well, well, we want to be conspiracy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, YouTube downranks like severely oh, anybody so who talks. Yeah. It's so. I was crazy. trying to think of another word for it. I, was, I threw it to, to you because 
you're great at that. But when you when when you look at a lot of the conspiracy theories that you know they're they're kind of rooted in a lot of the bigger government lies, and there wouldn't be as many of them if the government was just honest with us. And let's be honest, they're not honest with us in so many instances, in so many different ways. Whether it's war, whether it's health, whether it's diet, whether it's the food chain, whether it's big industries like the sugar industry, uh, we have a lot of problems with mainline institutions that profit off of our suffering. And talking along the lines of fifth generational warfare, I think it's very fair to say that a lot of people have been convinced to make very bad decisions for themselves. And I think that's an understatement when you look at our modern day society and where it's heading right now. Well, let's play let's play devil's advocate and say, you know, when talking about the draft and... Uh Specifically, refresh me on what your point was, because I want to make sure I get it correct. Well, I want to, I, the larger point is people are making really bad decisions for themselves, and they're hurting themselves for the benefit of the very few that have no allegiance to the, to the United States. So just like playing devil's advocate, if we did end up collapsing and people did lose confidence, you know, Ethan, you mentioned things got really bad post-Soviet Union. You know, the oligarchs came. Isn't there, isn't there a benefit to having, even if it's bad? And again, playing devil's advocate here because I'm not a big fan of big government— but what what are the benefits to having a system in place that may be oppressive but still functions? Their safety and security. But by the way, it, it it got bad there. It doesn't have to get bad here. You know, I think I think there's a weird thing that happens in America with the medium with government and stuff like that. You know, the um the blue and black and and white and gold dress. Do you remember right, that? Right, 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 right. And then yeah. Laurel Yanni. How people can actively experience objective reality differently. Now, I didn't, when my kids first showed me this and said, what color do you see? And I said, well, that's clear. I don't remember what it, I think I said it's a, a, a black, a white and gold, white dress, gold whatever yeah. it was. And my kid said, no, it's these colors. I thought you're messing with me. This is clearly, right. I mean, objectively, not the colors you're saying it is. And they insisted. And then it turns out lots of people saw it differently. There, there's no room in, political discourse or 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 just culture for us to go that person is experiencing this differently than i am right i really try to think about like people arguing in line at a baskin robbins over ice cream flavors and at the end of the day i'm going like what difference does it make why are we allowing this to ruin our lives and why are we obsessing on it everybody likes a different flavor right i did a tweet where i said we really need to re-engage scienceology and go deep into it rip it apart and come back and i was talking about the science of science like and so many people thought i said scientology they were responding as if i'd said scientology and they were angry and it's just like misperception and that's that's not even the blue gold thing where you're actually literally seeing they actually saw well, something different right? i do i do want to bring up though when you mentioned the blue and gold thing one of the biggest drivers of that was people had different phones yeah. with different color schemes and with the laurel and yanny thing people had different speakers so what was really happening but i could sit with my friends oh no for sure and listen to it and somebody's going no i hear yanni there's a really amazing thing someone did where they took both the blue and gold and the white or the white and gold and the blue and the black and they cut a piece out and they moved it left and right to show you it was the same. Wow. Or, or, or yeah, like, like, uh, but it was based on shadowing, like shading made. It was like, that really looks like that's crazy how that works. And then there's another thing that's really funny. There's a meme where it was, I think, seven different phrases, but it was one soundbite. And so whichever one phrase you read, you would hear. That's that's really freaky. Wow. I can't remember what it was. I think it was uh, like iPhone for us. 
and then it was like a whole bunch of different phrases. And you hear it differently. If you if you look at the word and you read it and listen, you'll hear that. Right. There was another crazy experiment I saw where they had people say fa, ba, and va. And then they would play like someone saying ba, but show the F sound and people would hear the F sound. Because they're seeing like people don't realize how much their worldview is 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 like not perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think you make a good point that a lot of what's going on politically is that like, actually, have you ever seen this meme where there's a six on the ground or it's a nine, but there's two people on both sides looking at it saying six or nine? Yeah. That's like a good example of what we're experiencing right now. And it's causing people to like want to punch each other in the face. Yeah. I also get a little hung up with the idea of should. Um, When when we think about all of this stuff and I hear people saying this is how it should be, I kind of go like, well, that's how you want it to be. Really, what a should mean? You know, even when we're talking about science, science doesn't have values. People add values to science. Right. So right. anytime somebody is saying something should be a way, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe you and a bunch of people don't want it to be that way. Or you and a bunch of people do want it to be that way. And I think it's really interesting to listen to people who say, here's this problem that I perceive and here's a solution that I'd like to try and enact. But, like, that's a rational conversation. But you, you know that meme where it's like the guy goes, I'm angry. And he says, here's a solution. I don't, or he's like, I'm mad. Here's a solution. I don't want a solution. I want to be mad. And he's right. burning it. Yeah, that's fair, too. You, you sound like a very, uh, uh, what, what, what are, what are the, uh, the leftists insult? They say radical centrist. Yeah. <laughs> that you're like, hey, maybe, maybe everybody has like a different understanding of things. No, you're either in our tribe or you're bad. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I, I also don't think there is. I don't think everybody should be forced to uh, adhere to the same structures. So if if people want to be communists, I'm all for it. I just don't think I should have to be forced to, right on. to be a communist. Yeah, that's why I like the sweater. I thought it was the anarchist symbol, <laughs> but it's your podcast. Right. It's just a podcast. But that's why I liked it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. talk I'm about a... diet. By the way, diets are safe to talk about because Dude. there's no military <laughs> backing. <laughs> Unless you mess with the vegans. The vegans, oh, right. I mean, yeah. they're like a militia. <laughs> but you know what? Look, I'm happy to talk to vegans and carnivores, and I don't do either of those things. But at the end of the day, there is no – nobody's going to force you to do it. So it's kind right. of safe. You know what I but, mean? But you could get canceled. Like was it uh, um, um, Adele? She didn't get canceled, oh, yeah. but they got really mad because she, she had lost all this weight. And, and, and again, you know, just for everybody watching, it's like I think, I think a core component of your podcast has to do with your, you know – health and wellness and weight yeah. loss transformation stuff for sure uh yes i i i think adele was a hell of a lot more famous than me so that's a tick against her for like she's already on more fragile footing um also i'm a dude and and we have to deal with that stress in much different ways than gals do Definitely. Um, and she was kind of uh you know, and I think I think it's really awesome. I I really like Lizzo a lot, and what Lizzo talks about. But I think Adele meant something to a lot of people. So when she stepped out of it, it was crushing to them. But I think Adele should be able to do whatever the hell heck Adele heck. wants. I, I, well, I mentioned this to you uh, before the show that I knew people when I was younger that were big fans of you. You know, you're you're in these movies, and you were very you know overweight, is it or obese? I, I was whatever. I, yeah. You can't offend me with those words. Well, uh, you know, just for the, you know, keep it, keep it friendly. I was 550 pounds. So I was morbidly obese, perhaps even more abundantly. More abundantly obese. obese. I love, I love it. Uh, that phrase. 
Um, not it really just like the pointing it out anyway, but I, I knew people when I was younger that were fans of yours because you represented them. Yeah. That they looked to the movies and they finally saw, Hey, this person's like me. And I think that, I think that's really interesting, especially what you mentioned with Adele, because it was probably the same thing. Yeah. There are a lot of, a lot of young overweight women who see that she's famous and successful and talented. And then she sought to lose weight probably because she wanted to be healthier and take care of herself and live longer and all of these things. Make people feel bad, I guess. Yeah, I, I've I've definitely had some people say I preferred you fat, um, and I just don't care. Like, because I, I want to be the way I'm. I, I had been wanting to be the size I am now for so long that like how you want me to be doesn't really matter. And then I will say, uh, the flip side is there are a ton of people out there who also have goals that maybe they haven't achieved that they look at me and go like, I wasn't even necessarily that heavy and he did this. Maybe it's possible for me too. And that, and that feels good. What was it, the experience like growing up? Like how did it, how did you find yourself to become obese and then what changed and how did you get to where you are now? Well, interestingly enough, when we um, think about this in political terms and the idea of forcing people to do things they don't want to do, I was placed on diets starting at five years old and I, I never wanted to be on a diet at five. I'd never wanted to be like the moment I woke up and went, I want to be on a diet. I want to lose weight was the first time in my life that diets started working. And I was 22 at that point, but I was also 550 pounds. Also, it had nothing to do with health. Like it, that was not a metric I was using. I, uh, you know, sitting in this chair when I was, uh, even today I come in and I'm testing the chair. Like, is this chair going to mm. collapse under me? Uh, waking up every day with swollen, sore feet, you know, having real knee issues, um, sweating as I'm toweling off from a shower that I had cool. So I wouldn't overheat. Like wow. these are the issues that I was like, I'm done doing that. Uh, health never entered into it. And I was very unhealthy. Once I got my footing and I started to become more healthy, I went, oh, this is, this is really cool too. Now I'm going to apply this metric as a goal. And that's been something I, but, but I don't think any of it works if you're, if you're trying to force somebody to do it. So there's a real weird conversation happening right now in the world where there is one team going, um, uh, obesity or, overweightness or whatever word is appropriate is not a metric in health. And then there's another team going, uh, as a reaction to that, almost you're just lazy. Um, you need to lose weight. And so there's these two bizarre battles. Um, and I, I personally don't think either is right. I think we live in a day where there isn't a lot of physical, um, activity required certainly we're not out hunting and gathering food uh even even the job the 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 workplace has has gone down in as far as like physical abilities look Look at us sitting in chairs this is your job this is amazing (laughs) you know and so at the same time food has become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and like of course people are going to get become overweight this is like a perfect uh uh confluence of events to lead yeah. to that you know we're the wealthiest yep. country of all time ever 
we have a lot of overweight people because yeah, they're all kings. And now they close yes. the gyms, tell people to stay inside, and some countries even make sure that they can't walk two blocks away from where they live. Right. So a lot of insanity is happening, uh, especially, I, I think, the, the conversation about health has been hijacked by so many different individuals, by so many different special interests, and there's so many different opinions on there. I think a lot of people have a hard time finding out what's right for them. But then also a lot of people forget you're an individual. Individually, what's right for you might not be right for someone else. So that's another I, big I, discussion. That I think it's really interesting place. you mentioned it's kind of like the libertarian nature of it. Like you've got to decide for yourself. People can't force you to do it. You've got to figure out what works for yourself as well. Yeah. I don't think forcing people to do anything is, 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 is right. It doesn't work. I, I mean. Don't, yeah, no. I don't think so either. You said moderate. When I asked you earlier, you said moderation was how you did it. What is that exactly? You know, at the end of the day, all, almost all, you know, even if you're, even if you're not hyper focused on it, the principle behind, um, diets is thermogenesis. It's the, the way you use energy. And so food is an energy source for your body. I've done, you know, I'm just going to eat 500 calories a day, uh, for two months and white knuckle my way through it. That's extreme, right? taking an entire food group and demonizing it and cutting it out of my life. That's also extreme. I, at the end of the, a few years ago, I found like if I just spend some time counting calories and figure out, because I actually had no idea what my body required. I would cut out carbs and then after a while I wouldn't lose weight anymore because I was eating too much steaks and avocado and butter, Right. And then I would just have to start reducing that without thinking about it. But I'm going like, if I want to lose weight, I have to eat less. And then I start losing weight again, which is kind of against the principle of the keto diet where you're supposed to just be full from eating a bunch of fat. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the way your body consumes excess fat is by feeding it too little. Now, if you go really extreme, the the vast the vast evidence is that you're going to relapse very few people go very extreme do it very quickly and then have that you, as a sustainable achievement you need to set a habit you right. need to turn you need to create a routine and then turn the routine into a habit and and the people who do like crash diets and stuff they don't they're forcing themselves and then once they get to their desired goal their habits return so it's it's really about i, th I think what do they say it's like 21 days to set a habit. I've, yeah, I've set a habit. Too. Something like that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the other thing is, um, there's, there's just a, there's just a lot of nuance in here. I, I can also empathize with the idea of like when you're ready to do it and you wake up one day and you go, Oh my God, I can't be this weight anymore. It's hard to breathe. You know, um, I'm sweating all the time. My feet hurt. My back hurts. You want it fast. You want it, you know, as I wanted it fast. You want to get yeah. that weight off as quick as possible. Yeah. It's very hard to like take a step it back and go, this is going to take a lot of time and a lot of hard work. That's a really yeah. hard proposition to make for people. And also rewinding a lot of the kind of establishment conditioning that's brought on to people that starts off as their children in school. If you look at a lot of the school lunches, they are absolutely horrible for you. If you look at that food triangle that the government mm -hmm. recommends for you, it is absolutely horrible for you. If you look at a lot of the fat that's being uh, banned and, and not used in large supermarkets, that's because of a sugar industry banning it for you, and then the larger consequences of that are not even talked about. What do you see, though, is you see a lot of McDonald's commercials, you see Pepsi commercials telling you to get a COVID test, you see government officials telling you wear a mask, social distance, but... 
That's it. Predominantly. Where, where, and I'm like, where's, where's the go outside? Yeah. Like, go for a walk. It's a exercise. Where's you know, the sleep? Where's the meditating? You know, you, you know why? I, I always wondered why it is they put psychoactive stimulants in our sodas. And I'm like, it really is a sweet deal for these fast food companies. You get a double, you know, a, a Big Mac with extra sauce and an extra large supersized fry or whatever. And then you eat it and it makes you feel miserable. So then you guzzle down a half gallon of psychoactive of soda, chock full of psychoactive stimulants. You better be careful. That- be careful, Tim. The, the, the thought police are going to go after you for attacking Coca-Cola now. So <laughs> be careful. Uh, but but no, I, I always I, I remember when I was younger, I'd be like watching someone eat this really awful food, and then they would go, "Oh, I feel so I can't move," and then they would take the the you know the two quart cup of Coke or Pepsi and then chug it and be like, "Now I feel good." And I'm like, "Yeah, caffeine is a stimulant." You're like, you know what? You know what really blows my mind? You guys ever see those commercials where it's like a really big fat guy and he's like eating a giant pizza with his friends, and then he goes. And it's like, do you have heartburn? Take this drug. And yep. I'm like, dude, stop eating the pizza. It's like, it's 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 hurting you. Yeah, nonstop commercials and all these other supplements. Take that. I remember being in, in Kentucky once and seeing at, at a diner this morbidly obese family. And instead of like regular like drinks, you know, like regular drinks just, just standing buckets. on their table, they had those huge soda bottles and they had an infant baby. And the infant baby was obese too, and they were literally giving the baby uh, the woke the woke <laughs> cola oh like this. Yeah, the baby was, I'm like, my, well, why? I just I I lost a little bit of hope in humanity. Yeah. my hope is still there. I'm very uh, optimistic, but seeing that, seeing these really large people feeding their child, child just all the woke cola. Hold on, hold on. Just, this is there's, there's serious problems here. I mean, what's what do you do? You know, Michael Bloomberg wanted to ban. Didn't he try to ban large sodas or did he actually do it in New York? He banned. He tried. I don't think he was successful. Uh, You know, I have I can't say that I think any food thing is bad. I think it can be used in a way that goes against how you want it to act in your body. But at the end of the day, I think that's up to us. You know what I mean? Like we, we didn't all out ban cigarettes other than San Francisco, but like they taxed the heck out of them. And they, right. they bar, you can't go into buildings anymore with cigarettes. So they found a way, you know, make it so you can't smoke. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's because it's unhealthy to other people. Um, but at the end of the day, we still allow people to smoke, you know? You just got to go in the park and not stand near anybody. Right. And then you can have your cigarette. Well, everyone's vaping now, too. And then they banned that. Right. I, I, I don't think, look, there's a Ron Paul video we referenced the other day. And it's just one of the greatest videos ever. Did you see this Mm-mm. from 1988? Oh, it's just so good. He, he's talking about the government shouldn't regulate drugs because the government can't make you a good person. You have to choose. And then at the end, he's talking to some guy and he goes, he's like, the government's not going to make you a good person. Why doesn't, how about the government puts you on a diet? You're a little overweight. And then everyone in the audience is like, boo, boo. And I'm like, but he's making a good point, well, man. But they also shouldn't, maybe shouldn't subsidize drugs. Like that sugar industry, the aspartame industry and the high They're subsidized? If the gov- is. Yeah. If the government's going to get involved, there's going to be an underground mafia market of people selling <laughs> large sugary sugar drinks, drinks everywhere. Every, prohibition doesn't work. It never did work, no matter what it is. Uh, every time government gets involved, it screws people over. Let's just be honest with ourselves. It, what is, we do need is personal responsibility and not the government intervening, telling you about food triangles that are absolutely wrong, not subsidizing and running with big sugar industries and other industries, not running with GMOs and Monsantos that has a revolving door within the FDA. Maybe maybe without government, we wouldn't have so many people that uh, are so it's, dependent it's, on these so, chemicals. It's true, but you got to protect the kids. Like, we used to sell cigarettes to kids. There used to be, like, Joe Camel, the cartoon character, and the government had to ban 
demand those because the market wanted to get them hooked early, and they're more doing impor- that with sugar. More right importantly, now. there was medical doctors telling you to smoke because it was good for your health. Keep that baby. Okay, so down. keep that in mind, especially when you have medical <laughs> doctors now, because medical doctors could be bought and sold just like politicians could be bought well, and sold, and people need to remember that. Let's 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 get into the into the government stuff as it pertains to this because we have this story from this is from the Advocate, and they say. Gay DC newscaster suspended over fat shaming vaccine tweet. Blake McCoy tweeted that he was annoyed obese people were getting access to vaccines. Now, I wonder if they have the actual tweet. He said, let's, let's see. Uh, okay, let, let, let me read the story and we'll try and get to the. He says, I'm annoyed obese people of all ages get priority access before all essential workers. McCoy, who works for WTTG, a local Fox affiliate, tweeted Tuesday, when most stayed home. We went to work every day last March, April, May, and every day since, putting ourselves and loved ones at risk. Vaccinate all essential workers, then obese. This is a really interesting point, because when we talk about universal health care, I actually deeply and emotionally, and I understand that's not logically, love the idea of universal health care. Like, just, just, just think, you know, look, I know so many progressives that are like, we have to do this, why don't we? And I'm like, I feel you, man. I feel, I feel this. It, wouldn't it be great if we lived in this wonderful world where everybody was just cured of all illness and we had these robots come like an Elysium and they have these things you lay in and it cures your cancer? I want it. I love it. But we have we have very serious issues to contend with, the, the allocation of resources. And in this capacity, was this guy wrong? First of all, I mean, it's an opinion. He's annoyed. Okay, fine. The, but, but but real quick, it's he's talking about there are people who live certain lifestyles that many would consider to be irresponsible. And now they're going to get priority access to vaccinations before essential workers, the people who are stocking our shelves and putting themselves at risk. I mean, he's got a good point, doesn't he? I think that the the argument that that he's relying on, though, is this this faction. I don't know what they're called. I think it's the there is a, a version Healthy at every size. Yeah. And, and mm. they really are advocating that obesity they don't even like that word but obesity is not a metric of health so i think in that sense he probably felt very safe saying that right because if it's not a metric of health that's a good why point. prioritize now we also wow. know that the mm-hmm. science says that it's a major component in covid deaths it's a huge one of the bigger comorbidities is being obese, right? And age, and those are kind of like the magical triangle of you're you're in real trouble if you if you get COVID with these yeah. things. But to, to, in his defense, I believe he might be relying on this argument that you know Cosmo just had a cover that with a with a hefty gal that said this is healthy. Um, this is becoming more of a mainstream idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally a woman who is, uh, we have it right here, Cosmopolitan. This is healthy. Oof. 11 women on why wellness doesn't have to be one size fits all. She's, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain she's morbidly obese. She's well, here's the thing. I look at that and I, I have so many reactions. Number one, I was overweight. So I know anytime something like that happens, you're going to have a ton of people going, she's fat, she's lazy. And this makes me feel like, ugh. That's not fun, right? As a, as a person who spent most of their life overweight, that's not a fun conversation that's going to be brought up over and over and over again, which this was when it came out. Um, the other thing is that gal might be healthy as a person. However, 
I understand this is marketing. If you had a picture of a cowboy with a cigarette and it said, this is healthy, we would all go, they're saying the cigarette is healthy. So that yeah. is clearly saying being overweight is not a metric of health. Scientifically, that's not sound. Now, right. however we want to value that, I don't care. If you, if you <laughs> give a shit about this thing or you don't, it doesn't matter to me. I, I don't think that health is the be all end all of like everybody should be healthy. Not necessary in my view. Well, that's one of the biggest hurdles to universal healthcare, you know, and, and, you know, Ian brings up quite a bit because I, 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 I should consider this more often, but if we're going to say we're going to be allocating, you know, a trillion dollars, you know, in a certain amount of time period to fund healthcare, and then you have a lot of people who are, morbidly obese, eating too much, not exercising and riding around on rascals. That's going to strain the healthcare system. It is, a, it is a metric of health. It does contribute. And so everyone else has to then pay for that. So you, 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 you'll, you'll hear a lot of people say, listen, I'd love to pay more taxes to provide for better healthcare for everybody. But does that mean I'm going to be paying for people and incentivizing bad behavior? Well, in, in that scenario, would people who smoked be relegated to a lesser tier of healthcare? I think that's where things get scary because people say, you know, you create second class citizens. Now, I, I think wor more worryingly would be if you adopted Bernie Sanders plan, which is to abolish private health insurance. I'm not for that. I think we need like a base level care. A lot of people say we have it, but I, no, there's there's me medical bankruptcy. We need a base level care sup and then we need supplemental private insurance. But I think a lot of people would argue you can't have universal health care and then tell people they're not allowed to have access to it. But I do think it's a good argument. You smoke cigarettes. Okay, well, then you're going to get, you know, you're going to be a, pay a premium or something, maybe. The challenge is how many things will we add to the list of detriments in your plan? So let's say we tell everybody you're going to get you're going to you're going to pay a three percent tax, you know, per per year or whatever to cover universal health care. It'll probably be way more than that, to be honest. But let's say it's three percent. Now, if you smoke cigarettes, it's five percent. If you're obese, it's it's five percent. If you smoke cigarettes and you're obese, it's seven percent. You got to pay more and more and more of your income to cover those costs. Then, you know, what else do we add to the list? Do you drive fast cars? Do you like jumping off buildings? And then you'll find there are fit people who are like, dude, just because I like riding my bike, now I'm at risk. And then you're, then you're just talking about taking the private insurance that already does this and turning it into a government institution and getting rid of competition, which just in the end doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's destroying just, everything and making it worse right. for everybody by making a DMV like system. I remember <laughs> a, a few years ago hearing a story about a teacher's union planning to put teachers on, on uh, Fitbits and these like health watches. And they had to have a number of steps per day and to have a number of physical activities per day if they wanted their medical insurance. And if they didn't, they wouldn't get medical insurance, a part of the larger teachers union. Wow. So I remember hearing stories about that. And that's more, more likely what's going to happen with the larger kind of technocratic overlords that are becoming our rulers of our daily lives. And you're going to have to probably tell the gospel of Dr. Fauci. You're going to have to do five Hail Marys to how beautiful and amazing a government is. Then you're going to have to do a, probably a mile walking, doing hard labor in some of the gulags. And then you'll get free health insurance. So my prediction for the future uh, is is that, personally. Well, this is... Uh, is it, I googled it. CS yeah. Monitor says... This was back in 2018. A, a proposed... Uh-oh. It's just... It's no. telling me. Let, let me see if I can refresh it. There we go. A proposed change to West Virginia's public worker health plan would have asked teachers to download a mobile fitness app called Go365 and earn points on it using a Fitbit or other fitness tracker designed to monitor the user's steps taken, heart rate, other metrics. Those who declined or who compl uh, complied but failed to earn enough points would face a penalty of $500 each year. Does that uh, make sense? 
Uh, yeah, because they did this at my workplace. So I worked at a hospital and they were able to offer us health insurance at a discounted rate. You would go in and they would take your measurements. And if you were within the parameters for cholesterol, for weight, for blood pressure, for all these different things, they would give you a discount. So it made it, it was like subsidized through them. And that w- then it was even less expensive if you were healthy enough. If you were over, they would help you find a way to solve your problem. They would help you lose weight. They would help you get your cholesterol under control. And if you weren't able to do that, you would just pay more for health insurance. And now combine that with the Elon Musk brain chip, and we're going to be cyborgs that are going to be ruled right. by the that's, technocrats. You know that's the, how the Borg started in Star Trek, right? Yeah. Everybody knows the Borg. You know the Borg, right? The, they're the robot people who are like, resistance is futile. You will be assimilated in Star Trek. Data wasn't the Borg. No, no, he? no. He was okay. an android. And so the Borg character in Star Trek is basically... It's this big cube. They have cube ships that fly around and they enter, they, they'll, they'll see like other, you know, humanoid aliens and then say your technology and culture will be assimilated into the Borg collective. And they're all a hive mind of like non-individual. The story, the backstory is I understand it. I, I could be not a good enough Trekkie on this one is that they were a regular human like species and they kept implementing medical technology to improve their well-being and, and linking themselves and networking until eventually it formed a hive mind and they became this zombie-like collective that consumes people. So you might think it's silly when Luke brings up the Elon Musk brain chip stuff, but they very well could do in the future say, listen, if you want access to the healthcare, we need to be able to track your health. You need to get the, the, the neural link. You need to get the implant. I mean, you could argue that us being so wired in Twitter is like the zombie <laughs> hive mind already like oh, definitely. tier one you know yep. and, and we're resistors like we're resisting the you know the the whatever whatever faction it is not necessarily right wing or whatever those who resist the mainstream are those com- like pushing back against the hive mind culture those who just follow along do what the media says don't question versus those who do sure yeah well already we live in a society where insurance companies data mine social media posts in order to deny people coverage on whether it's health or real estate or even cars so there's already elements of this that are extremely creepy especially when you look into the metadata that facebook has on you that twitter has on you that google has on you that is absolutely frightening and when you calculate society to such a controlled level it is bound to become dystopian and out of control and something that there's Hollywood movies made about. But when it's happening in real life, people are going to be like, oh, this is good for you. Ethan, yeah. did you know that Facebook knows when you poop? I don't have Facebook. Yeah, you do. Good, man. Yes, do you I? Do. You yeah. do have Facebook, yes. And it still knows? You, you do have Facebook whether you signed up or not. Yep. And, it, and it does know. If, if you're my friend and I have your number in my phone, Facebook has your contact, has your information, has you databased in their system. It's called a shadow profile. That's yep. not fun. So, yeah. so, so here's what ends up happening, right? So your, your mom has you, well, probably listed in, in her phone as your name. Yeah. But you might have her in your phone as mom or you know, mother or whatever. Then you've got a significant other or a friend. Your sister has you in as maybe just you know, Ethan. Or maybe she puts like Ethan bro or Ethan brother or something like that. When they sign up for Facebook, Facebook says, would you like to help? You know, we, we can help you find your friends. And they yeah. go, you got it. Now they have your mom's information, your, uh, your sister's information, your brother, your, your, your kids, your grandparents, your cousins, all of these other people, your best friend who has your name in his phone book. And that's just off the phone alone. There's other ways they collect your data through going to websites that have the Facebook login. You'll go to a website and they'll say login through Facebook. Facebook has an app that's tracking your data. Right. So the interesting thing is they'll, they'll take your phone, your phone number. When you log into Messenger, not you specifically, but someone, and they'll find a phone number that says mom. 
They'll then find that someone else has that phone number listed as Janet. They'll then have that phone number listed by someone else as secretary assistant. And now they know, you know, Ethan's mom is Janet. She's a secretary assistant or whatever. And then we can look at the area code so we know where the phone is from. We can track its location. These people all interact with this person. It's happening in this place. Even if you don't sign up for Facebook, they collect all that data from other people about you. And you never consented to that. Right. So I don't know if they know when you poop. (laughs) But if you've got Facebook on your phone, they know when you poop. Right. That's um, disturbing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are your social medias uh, that you use? I use Instagram, and then I always click the button, post on Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter. Instagram's owned by Facebook. Right. So you have Facebook. So I have Facebook. They know when you poop. Yeah. I use that that example because it's the silliest, but still a violation of people's privacy. Right. And you got to understand, they know the other things you're doing. You know, private things at home, in the bedroom. They probably know. The the craziest thing is, you might not realize this, but there's little things you do that you don't understand correlates with certain behaviors. So you might go on your phone and look up, you know, 3D mm-hmm. 3D uh, um, illusion sailboat. And they know that people who do that actually correlate with people who like eating pepperoni pizza. And you have no idea how one day you can advertise them that says extra large pepperoni. And you're like, how did they know I wanted that? Well, it's because you did a Google search for a 3D illusion sailboat. Yeah. And there's a weird correlation. There used to be this thing on the website, uh, on the website, there used to be this thing on the internet. I can't remember what it was called, but it was in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands. And they had a series of tests. What they did was they asked men and women random questions. And then they found a pattern in answers that women, uh, the answers women would give and the answers men would give. So one of them was choose, choose uh, one of the, one of the below. Like what, choose one of the objects below and it would be like a roller skate, a green circle, a picture of a surfboard and a picture of like a steamboat. And for some reason, men would choose one and women would choose something else. And then what they do is after after 10,000 people did the test, they find 70% of women would choose this one and 70% of men would choose this one. And we have no idea why, but with that data, they could then determine whether you are a man or a woman. So it's it's really crazy how we don't understand, you know, deep down these differences. But with that, they can track everything you do. They 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 know more about you than you probably know about yourself. Yeah. I mean, this is a real good argument to get rid of my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do have a hammer if you'd like to borrow it. Yes. And we can, we, we are can, close to the woods. We can, so we can just it. give up on society and start a new Head civilization. Yeah, right. Real close. We're basically in the woods, man. The mountains and the woods and all that stuff. I mean, but, you know, honestly... With everything that's been going on, it's one of the reasons why I decided to get away from these cities and move out to the middle of nowhere. I tweeted about this earlier. We have this, we have this story. Let's just go for it. Here we go, everybody. The pod people. Hmm. The New York Post says high school band uses individual tents to keep practicing during pandemic. It's a bunch of students standing in. These are, I think, are like, these are not tents. They're something else. They're calling them tents, but they're like. Personalized garbages, garbage well, bags. Well, they're upright. Fabric. They are fabric. They're up. The, the, you, ever, you ever get one of those like laundry hampers made of wire and it like pops yeah. into place? Yeah, Imagine that, but big, and you're standing in it. These How people does the are, guy playing the trombone do this? Uh, uncomfortably. <laughs> yeah. I saw like a picture standing, of it. standing at a weird like angle. Wedged in there. This is crazy to me that people are 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 doing this stuff. And it was funny because, uh, uh, as I, I mentioned this often, I, I learned from the best, Michael Malice, on how to properly tweet. <laughs> you, you, you tweet in ways where you leave it ambiguous enough to where it can be interpretable. 
but you still express your either disdain or support. And I said, if people are doing this, you know, this is you're, you're insane. But you know what? At this point, I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. I'm going to go over there in the middle of the woods and I'm going to, you know, get a little. Chickens. I got a bow. I got a bow and arrow. We're getting chickens. Mm. Yes. I, I kept saying this. You know what? I'm going to go buy chickens. I tweeted and then I bought some chicken coops. You know, we'll, we'll get some chickens. And I look at the stuff. It was funny when I had a bunch of people say, like, you're so dumb, Tim. Do you think the students should spit on each other? And I'm like, they should not go to school. If it's seriously that bad, don't put them in this ridiculous. This is, oh, this is so ridiculous. I got to say, I hear this and I think, God, thank God some kids get to go to school. Right. Because in, we don't have school in California right now. Yeah, yeah. But I understand that too. But it's also, you don't need yeah. to do this. Like uh, you're, you, you're spitting into a device and you're standing far away from someone else. This makes no sense. Can we pull up the picture of the kid with the trombone? Yeah, we got it. Because he is extremely uncomfortable. And imagine, imagine, <laughs> and he's also a bigger guy, but, but imagine paying the state to treat your children like this. Uh-uh. This is absolutely absurd. And we wonder why kids have a mental health crisis. This is a part of the reason. Wired actually had a very good article today that I was reading and it's titled, it's ridiculous to, Treat school children um, like COVID hot zones, and they pretty much came to the conclusion that it's not and that this is all pandemic theater. And I absolutely agreed with them because there's a lot of preliminary science and statistics and reports showing how there's absolutely very little threat of COVID in schools and children transmit the virus very differently than adults do. This, so, this yeah. is, this is from last year though. This is from last May. Yeah. yeah but still it's, it's but it, but it's, it, it has been it true that children time, yeah. don't spread. I mean, let, let's, let's be real. What's the survival rate for people under the age of, from, from the ages of like, like 11 to 20 or whatever is like 99.999%. Yes. Something yeah. like that. And I guess the argument is, but they'll spread it to grandma. And it's it's always just like, well, then, you know, keep grandma safe. Isolate grandma. You know, isolate, use sanitizer. And why, why you know, I, I read this really interesting blog post. I can't remember. It was a while ago. And it was from an older person who said, I don't understand why you're asking the younger generation to sacrifice their lives for the older generation. The older generation typically sacrifice their lives for the next generation. Someone who's in their 80s. Like, do you guys remember what happened with uh, Fukushima, the nuclear plant? Tidal tsunami hits it, radioactive waste. And then the elderly volunteered to go into the plant to try and stop the leak and solve the problem because they were like, well, we're going to die soon anyway. We'll, we, we will sacrifice ourselves for the youth. I actually know somebody, uh, Luke and I knew mm-hmm. somebody who was older and, and, and lost her life providing tours to journalists in the media to help get the word out and explain what was going on in this area. Like- she ended up getting cancer. And so... With, with, you know, the utmost respect, she was an amazing individual. The older generation willing to risk them, you know, their lives to help the next generation survive. This to me is, is, is absolutely insane. Yeah. Making the kids sacrifice their education, their well-being, their upbringing, their food, their nurturing for the older generation. Look, I don't want anyone to die. And I think ultimately it's the choice of the, of the older generation. I want to keep them safe and protected. I don't want to force anybody to sacrifice anything. I just think it's interesting that we've decided as a society that it's better to sacrifice the kids' well-being for, you know, a 99 point, I believe for the people above 70, it's a 99.5% survival rate. No, no, I'm sorry, 97.5% survival rate. I just think there's some kind of imbalance there. Maybe we need to address the harder questions about, you know, how we deal with this. Maybe we need to make sure that the elderly are protected. I think maybe Andrew Cuomo needed a lesson in that regard huh. that he, he never uh, got. Not just him, but these other governors as well. I don't know, man. I just, I think these kids... 
you know, when you look at the masks, you look at the schools, there, there are kids who are now spending a large portion of their lives over a year not seeing strangers' faces, not seeing expressions, not seeing mouths move. When you look, when you look at a person's face, you know, you can tell, people can tell when, when someone's faking a smile <laughs> because a real smile, your eyes actually, you know, smile as well. You smile with your eyes. And when, even when someone's wearing a mask, you can see when they're smiling, the way their eyes move. But what about a kid who doesn't know and hasn't had the chance to develop those social understanding? They're going to be socially stunted. I mean, the most important formative years, and we're damaging these kids over this stuff, stuffing them in these tents to play music. You know what, man? If it were me, I wouldn't even go to these schools. When I was 14, I was in, I went to high school for about two months, and then I just one day was walking to school, stopped, turned around, and went home, and that was it. Do you kind of want to hear what it sounds like when they're playing in the tents, though? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, yeah. I wish there was videos of this. Yeah. Uh, but, but you bring up an important point. First of all, that Fukushima trip was insane. I don't know why I went with you, but we did. Um, <laughs> second of all, it's, it's... Hopefully we don't get thyroid cancer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that gives me uh, yeah, a little bit of yeah, anxiety that, as well. Tim. Thanks, Tim. Uh, <laughs> thanks for reminding me about it, too. I tried not to think about that. But, but when we talk about these school children, you know, a lot of them who do get the chance to go back they're forced to social distance they're forced to mask but they're also in some schools forced to wear tracking beacons that go off if they get too close to other students and they get in trouble and they get punished by standing or walking too close to other people so that's the level of absurdity imagine going to a school and your developmental years are authoritarians screaming at you not to be close to another human being or in some instances like in buffalo telling you that all white people are racist you know just like the story that we covered yesterday that's why again i'm a big proponent of homeschooling homeschooling networks uh are something that people should look into. I know it's very difficult for people to raise children independently, but there's networks out there that let you do this in a way that's very cost effective, that that's that saves you a lot of time and also lets you be a part of a community that teaches your children the values that you believe in personally, rather than, of course, having a government come in there and scare the other uh, crap out of your children. So I think everybody here seems to be fairly on the uh, not big fans of government scale, I suppose. Not I don't want to say anarchist. Luke is definitely the uh, resident. You say government. Uh, I, just don't, <laughs> I just don't feel good. I, 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 I just, just don't, don't. Like stupidity like this. They found covid in an ice cream factory in China. There was news that, I don't know, thousands of ice cream tested positive for covid that it was living in the fat cells. And you're saying that, like, the greatest comorbidity is obesity, where, where there's a lot of fat cells. So. That they're obsessed with the air and transmitting it through the air when there's evidence that it's in the food is, but is completely you have ins- to driving me insane. You have to breathe it in though, right? No, you don't have to breathe. You can eat it too. You can get COVID from eating it. Apparently. That's what was happening with this. Why they were recalling all this ice cream. Weird. I, well, I, I, I have not heard thing. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, which is odd. You would well, think no, that maybe but, the media but, would be like red alert. No, but Ian's right because in China they do the butt swabs. Yep. It's in your dig- digestive tract. You heard about that, right? There's reports I of. I did. The, I didn't read a proper report. I saw. You probably don't want to. <laughs> right. You know, but like the joke I made was shut up and put on your mask. Otherwise, the butt swabs are next. <laughs> There's some preliminary reports that U.S. diplomats were forced to get those swabs up there. You know what? No. Yeah, I, saw uh, that. I, I haven't seen They're it confirmed. Butts? I haven't seen it confirmed, but I'm seeing some reports right wait, wait, now. Wait, wait. You said you know what? Are you saying butt or hoo-hoo? 
No, no, no. They're they're butt toxins. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're you know. So so there's reports of U.S. diplomats being forced to do this. Uh, haven't been confirmed friendly. yet. So we're looking up. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm trying that. to verify this as we're speaking right now. Americans yeah. being forced to do it. I wouldn't be surprised. The Gateway Pundit reported on it. Now, how, how are you so handling? I'm, I'm checking out the sources. Yeah. How are you handling family life through COVID? You got kids. You said earlier. I have kids. Um, you know, the, in the beginning, we didn't know what was happening. And it was real scary and we didn't leave my house. And they, I have two kids in college on the East Coast. They came home, uh, and we just kind of hunkered down and, and then we figured out how to live. You know, I think, uh, you know, as a person who doesn't do well with the imposition of somebody else's rules, I also look around and recognize that there have always been rules and, the happiest I ever feel is when I'm just trying to succeed despite them, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's not – everything's not the way I want it to be, but it's kind of just like a new game to navigate. Yeah. That's that's the, I think that's one of the smartest ways to look at it too. You know, that one of the ways I've always treated it is I'm not super concerned. I, I'm definitely concerned when we see the rise of authoritarianism. I know I can survive it. I know that – you know, I'm clever enough to find my way through the new rules to make things work and all that stuff. I do worry about other people. I also worry about the principles of the matter. You know, people have a right. People have rights to be free, to speak their minds. And so there are, there are definitely problems in that regard. We have to have a, we have to have like a baseline of when we go too far to, to not allow something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, totally. I don't know. I think the way I try to think about it is the way I want it to be. It's not always going to be the way I want it to be. It's never been exactly the way I want it to be, but that's fine. Um, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and go like, I, I, I believe people are basically good and that the intention is safety. I, you know, maybe not for Raytheon. I don't know. If I, <laughs> I don't know if that's their intention. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite yeah. of their right. intention. But you know? for the most part, I think you have, but I think you could look back through history and pick any of the things we call atrocities that are atrocities and go, somebody had in the beginning the intention to keep some group of people safe. Well, look at, uh, what was it, TNT, Dynamite? or Those are different, I think. But uh, uh, you, Alfred Nobel, right? He invented it. And what had happened was, I could be messing the story up. I guess the intention was to help mining. You basically, instead of having people get trapped and, and just, you put the bombs there and you walk away and then kaboom and then there you go. It's been done. And then people were using it as a weapon. And so one day, some newspaper accidentally published his obituary while he was still alive, and they called him the Merchant of Death. Ooh. And so he saw that was like, is that my legacy? So then Nobel Prize was created because he wanted to do something better because he didn't want to be the really, you know, awful. Nobel Prize <laughs> is quite a swan song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it's like, uh, you know, whatever your intention is for your creation – it can go in a wrong direction. Right. No, totally. I, I think, uh, but I think about that too. Like the things that I would be most critical of with uh, government, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt and go, somebody is, is, has a concern and they're trying, you know, I don't know that that's always true. Right. It's hard to say that, uh, but even like, you know, our economy crashes and burns if we don't enforce the petrodollar. Let's, Right, right, yeah. right, right. A lot of people don't understand this. You know, no, this is a really good point because people are talking big right now about Joe Biden bombing Syria. It's big news. We did talk about it a little bit. And I tell people, you realize that 
when the U.S. is going to war in like Middle Eastern countries, it's not, you know, you'll hear a lot of left-wing activists say Americans just want to blow up kids and stuff like that. I'll, I'll joke and say something like that, like, you know, oh, who else is going to do it? America loves doing it. The reality is these special interests want money and resources. They want to build the Qatar Turkey pipeline to deliver cheap gas into Europe to, to dominate the market, make money, but also offset the prices for the people who live there. It's, it's for them. It's like, hey, it's a win-win. We get rich. They're not doing it because they're mustache twirling villains who are like, let's blow up a country. They're, they're, right. they're saying, I want something that's going to benefit my team. Yeah. And they're willing to do horrifying things to do it. And I look at that. And I'm like, I am not interested in funding you blowing up and destroying a country so you can get cheap gas into, into Europe, man. I'm, I'm not in favor of that. Yeah. I, 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 listen, morally, I'm not in favor of it either. But when we think about stuff like healthcare, and, and you're a proponent for universal health care. That's not possible. Idealistically, I am, but right. you know. not possible if we get rid of if, – if we say, hey, we're pulling out of the Middle East, right? Our economy crumbles. It implodes. It's done. So all of these plans that are being argued about in America are kind of like, you know, none of it survives without those wars. Well, in terms of getting the oil – you know, in a lot of these countries, but we're also producing what poppy and opium in Afghanistan. So there's a, it's, it's about control um, uh, and, and a lot of things. I'm not entirely convinced though. I think one of the big arguments we saw through the Trump years was how about we focus on energy development in this country? That way we're not reliant on that. And we became energy independent. So we didn't need those wars anymore. And then we got the Abraham Accords. These are things that I think are good. And I, I, before AOC came out with it, I was a huge proponent of the Green New Deal. I made, I made a couple different segments where I was like, I like this. You know why? Before they actually put the bill out, it was like, would you like to invest government resources and taxpayer dollars into advancing green technologies to make the United States more environmentally friendly and energy independent? And I was like, that sounds like the coolest thing ever. And then they actually released the Green New Deal. And it's like, would you like social equity to give you know women of color access to college and health care? And I'm like, look, I appreciate the attempt to help people, but please don't use my ideals for environmentalism to push your critical race theory, because I am not a fan of that. And the Green New Deal became about changing the economy and not about developing this technology. So it was like a slap in the face to people who actually thought we got a good thing going. And then the people who are supposed to be proponents of this environmental technology, like I seriously, the second page of the bill was was all critical race theory, social justice and nothing to do with the environment. We're going to provide college and health care. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? I thought we were going to build a fusion reactor, reach ignition, man. And then we're going to have flying cars. Is nope. there anybody trying to do that? They're doing fusion. There's a lot of people working on really? it. JPL's working on it. Yeah, but yeah. we've not, my understanding is we haven't reached the ignition phase. Is that what it is? Where? I think not. Where the fusion happens and then the reaction outputs more mm -hmm. energy that's put in. So like, you know, ignition, like a fire. Well, another thing to really kind of consider here is that um, the US dollar is going to collapse inevitably, <laughs> uh, especially with its money, money printing, especially with its money supply. Oh. And there's some people arguing that if we end the wars in the Middle East, end this reckless spending, that the debt wouldn't be as high and we, we would postpone this inevitable collapse because we are already indebted to such a way where it's impossible to pay back. And uh, this is something that, of course, is going we, to fall in on itself eventually. Okay, but I have yeah. a question. We're able to rack up so much debt because the trading of oil is predominantly done with U.S. dollars around the world. Yes. So that offsets our ability to incur debt. Yep. If we pull out, 
we can incur no more debt. Right. And all the debt that we've incurred collapses on us. It's So it's not even necessarily yeah. about getting the oil. It's just about saying you must use dollars. Yes. This yes. is a system put in by Henry Kissinger when, of course, he went over to Saudi Arabia, and this is the larger deal that they have now. But we saw Trump kind of throw a wrench into it a little bit. One, he was brutally honest. He was like, yeah, we're in Syria. We're stealing their oil. Yes, we're giving Saudi Arabia the weapons because we want money. They pay us a good deal. But also, he uh, also had a big priority on energy where America became the number one en energy producer in the world uh, when Donald Trump was in power. So, yes, it's, it's pretty pretty much run through the military industrial complex. But when you look at the larger kind of foreign policy mishaps, not just the chaos, but the money spent, um, they don't serve any purpose. And in the long run, in my opinion, they're going to be hurting the United States because they could enforce the trading of you know oil on the dollar in many different ways. But entangling ourselves in Afghanistan and spending so much money there recklessly and, and just yeah, but, wasting it away is not listen, going to to ensure that. But but uh, Ethan hit the nail on the head. Yeah, of We course. can rack up as much debt as we want so long as we force everyone to buy oil with yeah. our dollars. Yeah. So, so I have this image. But, that, but that's kind of like I want to say no war. Morally, I go, this war doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Morally. But I recognize at the same time what happens here if we're not doing that? This is this yeah. is a really good point, man. I'd I'd have no problem living in the woods. You know, we, we, we have, there's this joke: I will not live in the pot. I will not eat the bugs. And I'm like, well, hold on, I'll live in the pot and I'll eat the bugs. You know why? Because my pot is going to be up in a tree right next to a nice little river where I'll go fishing and periodically eat bugs. <laughs> I got no problem if I had to live in the wilderness and learn to survive and and actually mm -hmm. work hard to survive. I actually respect that. And I would enjoy it. I, I, I love being out and walking through the woods. And uh, I love that feeling of accomplishment in these things. It's, it's cool till you cut yourself. Sure. We'll have to learn how to make alcohol and all that stuff. But here, here's the point. It's really easy to say, you know what? Fine. No war. Let the pet petrodollar fail. And then so what? What's the worst that's going to happen? Americans are going to have to learn to survive again. That's not the wor worst that'll happen. Well, I'm wondering. The, no, 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 no. The worst that'll happen is that China will take over. And then within a matter of time, you living in the woods, thinking you're minding your own business, will eventually be under a global authority of Chinese rule. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that the U.S. dollar will collapse and that the Bitcoin will become the new currency of the United States. And there will be a whole uprising of a wealth class that were like 20-year-olds, you know, no, five years ago. No, I mean, we're, we're in the meme economy already. 14-year-olds in we 2010. Talk, can we talk about this, though? Because I have a question. 92 or 4 percent of all currency on earth is digital yeah did you guys read that the uh the fed had a glitch yeah yesterday yeah. <laughs> was it yesterday yep. and three trillion dollars uh -huh. didn't get moved around correctly yeah so how how is it that we don't wind up with some kind of blockchain currency well they're working on fed coin okay <laughs> who I mean, the government yeah the, the federal reserve yep. i believe is going to make a crypto you know, I had this question. You know, you bring this up. It's interesting. I, I read this story the other day. Uh, Fed glitch shuts down wire transfers, direct deposits, and other services. It was an operational error. And I, I started laughing. I'm like, is is the is it collapsing? Like, the is end? this the end? They they're, forgot they're, their phrase key. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> but here's the thing. I asked, like, how, how does your bank know you have money? When I go to the bank, when I go online and use a credit card, when I when I spend money from my bank, there's no actual money being transferred anywhere. No. Someone just writes a number down in a book, and then someone writes a different number down in a different book. There's never really any currency. 
It's, it's, it's the interesting thing about all this is that cryptocurrency is actually a cryptographic code that can't be stolen. I mean, if you can break the cryptography, you can totally unwind the network, the, the blockchain. But the idea is because it's an, an, an encrypt, it's an, it's, a, it's an encryption. You have your, your private keys. There's a public key and they can't replicate what you have without the private information. It's remarkable technology with banks. They just take your account and they write, he has money and that's it. And the Federal Reserve can go offline, which we saw yesterday, which is absolutely insane. If we have a central node where everything goes, all the money, and if it goes down, the entire industry is... It's, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's a fiat system with no market cap and only backed by the military-industrial complex. But again, back to the other point here, we don't need to make blunders. We don't need to make mistakes that waste money in order to, to, to push the, the, the dollar on the world stage. There's other ways to do it. China what they're doing is kind of a different way with their belt and road initiative diplomacy trade investment uh where essentially there's in proxy becoming new colonizers as they were described to me in africa with them buying up all the natural resources all the national property and china also is building their own cryptocurrency which yep. they're going to be using as a global currency well, so, so so right yeah, yeah. but think about that you were making the point earlier that the petrodollar is is paramount but what happens when the Fed collapses? I mean, th yesterday was nuts. Like, it just yeah. stopped working. What happens when China launches a crypto or they heavily invest in Bitcoin, gain access to the most powerful and dominant crypto uh, currency? The petrodollar will be meaningless. Yeah, I also worry about uh, the U.S. trying to figure this out simply because when you see them roll out big – like. California alone had fifty billion dollars worth of fraud on the on the mm -hmm. that's on right the loans not, that yeah that's, S, yep PPP SSB, or whatever PPP loans whatever it was fifty billion dollars just for California I just I, I I don't mean to be so hard on the government um, you know unfortunately the the thing they do best is war um, <laughs> they they don't know, they but. don't seem to have these big programs down that they can roll out um like the the healthcare website was a disaster and it's crazy you know there were all these glitches with the payments and stuff um so i i do worry that if they try to do some kind of a blockchain currency that I don't think it'll be the best one. Right. But to add to your point, there's this famous meme, and it says, under anarchy, warlords would take over. And it's a photo of all the presidents sitting together of the <laughs> United States. So just to add to that point. But yeah, I mean, the government is largely inefficient, bureaucratic, bloated, and can't get simple things done. Are you, can't are even you guys mail you a check for like when Donald Trump did it for how much was it was two thousand dollars no Trump the said? first one I think was a grand wasn't it I forgot how exactly how much but well, the government couldn't even effectively send everyone a check what they makes sent you they think? sent non citizens yeah. checks in other countries dead people were getting checks yeah what makes you and it was even in even different intervals if you were a different rank based on this classification and this IRS code you would get it in September some people would get it in June and it was all over the place I, well, I, I, I got to be honest with you uh, I really don't see the purpose in sending everybody a check i i personally didn't need a check yeah, yeah. why did i get a check you yeah. know if you yeah, want to be nice give me a little break on my taxes or whatever but but like yeah yeah, this yeah. Whole thing instead of, like, of giving people money a check. stop stealing it you know that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> not well, a crazy no, no, no. idea they didn't give everybody a check there was a there was a, a an income limit okay and i i and i i think 
one of the problems right now is, you know, Biden is saying we're going to give $1,400, not 2000 because it's supplemental to the 600 you already got. And it's going to be means tested, meaning only people who make under a certain amount. And then you start to lose it. I disagree with that. The problem is I'm not a big fan of the printing money. I think it's going to be detrimental in the long run. It's going to cause inflation. It's going to be extremely damaging. But so long as the American people are borrowing from themselves, okay, well, I guess we have to because the economy has been grinded to a halt. The government did it. It's the government that, that caused the economic shutdown. And now instead of giving people access to, to resources to just it's it, the, the money doesn't make the system work. It just kind of kickstarts. It, it lubricates the economy a little bit. They're not going to give everybody the amount of money they actually need to get the machine moving again. So I actually think if you make more money, you should actually get more money. You know why? Let's say before the lockdown, you're making 70000 a year. You dedicate you, you built your lifestyle around your earnings. If you were responsible, you had a bit of a savings and you weren't living beyond your means. So let's say you were paying rent, you had your medical bills and you had insurance and you had a cell phone bill, all budgeted for your income of 70000 Economy stops. You go to zero. You've got, you know, let's say you've got $3,500 in bills every month or something like that. And then someone else was making 30000 and they budgeted their life for 30000 So their bills are about 1000 a month. Then the government says, I'm giving both of you 1000 bucks." Well, the person whose life was at 70000 and that's not, I think, the, the, was the average income in the United States 86000 The median, I think, is like sixty-eight. So we're talking about an average person now having their life completely destroyed, losing their home, losing, getting kicked out because they can't afford that small check. It, you know, it goes, I'm not necessarily saying definitively give rich people more money. I'm just saying we need to consider the fact that someone who makes $70,000 a year is not a rich person, right? but they have different needs than someone who is making 30,000. In fact, maybe the answer is just give everyone more money, even the people who are making 30,000. I don't think it makes sense to start taking it away from people just because they were making, you know, 75K or or whatever. Yeah. uh, Listen, all this money is balanced again by the the external dollars that are kind of keeping this and and we're going to reach a point where we have now put too much inside and it's going to tip it and it's going to be a, a disaster. I don't know if you guys have seen this chart. We really got to get some monitor set up so you can see it. Yeah. But it's the uh it's the M1 money stock going back to 1959. So this is the amount of dollars and other like basically it says billions of dollars seasonally adjusted uh monthly from 1959 till today. And from 1960 until uh, about, let's say about 2000, it's just a very slow and steady going, you know, so it's, it's decades. Then at 2008, it goes up a little bit. The frequency of the production of money increases. 2020 happens. And you know what the line looks like? It goes straight up. Wow. Just straight up from, here's what it says. In December 2019, 3,978 billions of dollars. And then... In January, in about February to March, it starts to hockey stick. And then from April to May, it goes up more. And then from May, from uh, April to May, it jumps dramatically. Now, some people have pointed out that they, they, they changed the way they calculate this in May, and that may contribute. But there's also other charts, the M4 money stock and other charts from the Financial Times showing, regardless of the way they changed it, the same thing happened. They started mass printing money with these stimulus checks, and we went from... You know, in March, 4,000, what, what is it, 4,257 to, uh, to, what do we got here? July, 16,803. So it, what, quadrupled? Mm-hmm. And now it's at 18,105 billions of dollars in, in, in the M1 money stock. 
I'm not an economist. I can't tell you the nitty gritty of the M1 money stock. Some people have said it doesn't necessarily matter because it doesn't, you know, it's just money in circulation or something like that. But I'll tell you this, this chart and the other charts I've looked at, many people are pointing out it's unprecedented and we have no idea what's going to happen when you dump that much money into the system. Um, I have a some idea. Uh, LOL. Do you... Uh, <laughs> you remember Weimar you? Germany? Yeah, Shuff- what was it? Shuffling the Deutsche Marks into the, into the gutter. You ever heard of Zimbabwe? Yeah. <laughs> um, Venezuela? What did they say in, in Brazil? Th- what did they say that happened in May that they changed the way they, they... Did you have more data about they said the way they changed, they measure... The, the M1 money yeah, supply it's in like, May? It's, it's, uh, so I, it, I don't want to read the whole thing. Okay. It just says before May, it consists of currency at the uh, outside the U.S., Treasury, Federal Reserve Banks. Let's see. Um, I wonder if there's just an easy way to look at what the change was. Um, I'm not entirely sure the difference is, is, is that much. Well, so let's see. Demand, de- demand deposits at commercial banks. Where's, where's the first change? Okay. Beginning May 2020. It doesn't look like... I I have to okay. read through it. Well, it seems oddly insidious that they would change the way they do the measurements in May of 2020 right. after they printed 12 trillion. So they went from 4 trillion now to 18 trillion of of liquid money in the supply. Well, some people are saying, "Oh, no, 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 it only looks that way because they changed the way they calculate it." And I'm like, the 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 hockey sticks started before May. Yeah, certainly. It was February to March, March to April, April to May, and then May to June is not the biggest spike. So they say, oh, but at the beginning of May, yeah, right, May to June is where we should see the biggest spike, right? You know what we else don't. is up about 400%? Bitcoin. What was Bitcoin in, in Wow, that, it really is. Chain? In November, it was 13,000. It's almost mm-hmm. exactly. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And that was November. What was what did, it last Luke, January? Luke, 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 give us the talking point. What was the meme? For? For Bitcoin. You said, remember what you said? I forgot. Don't make me say it. Say it. If you... If you bought Bitcoin instead of Toy oh, Story, oh yeah yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. If you bought Bitcoin instead of Toy Story three, the DVD, you would have ten million dollars. <laughs> Say that. Yes. That's so rude. Yep. The DVD came out in two thousand ten. Amazing. Ten million dollars. Ten million dollars. Yeah. And I, I don't wow. know what it was. What Bitcoin was in hold January on, on. last year? All of you people who bought Toy Story three on DVD, how dumb do you feel? <laughs> Good movie. You should have been. Actually, you should have been psychic and known to yeah. buy an obscure obscure computer program digital currency that no one knew about one of my favorite memes is from the early uh uh, 2010s and someone was like this bitcoin seem uh, uh, this bitcoin thing seems interesting what can i do with it and then someone said buy drunk drugs and hire assassins on the internet and that was they were like why would i buy it then but all of the ancaps the anarcho-capitalists were like wow count me in and now a whole bunch of them are rich Yep. March 12th of 2020, Bitcoin was $4,857. So it's up a thousand. Yeah. It's up like 1200%. Everybody's seeing yeah. this. They're seeing the mass printing of money and they bought Bitcoin. Yeah. Even the banks. Yep. Even Elon the banks, Musk. big insurance firms. I think they're prepping for wow. a total economic reset or transition to, yeah. to be. Well, you know, you know who one is the biggest holder of Bitcoin, right? China. <sighs> mm-hmm. Well, they, they were the bunch. biggest miners of Bitcoin. Uh, we we should uh, we should probably do an audit. Someone should. I think they already did. Where all the Bitcoin that was mined in China went, because uh, that would be a very interesting perspective. There's also a lot of talk about a lot of whales having a lot of control of Bitcoin. That's one of the talking points that a lot of the alternative cryptocurrencies are making. So uh, again, a lot of people are also saying, and I've been saying this from the very beginning, uh, Bitcoin could be a NSA honeypot from the very beginning. Could be. Uh, we don't know. I, I don't have any evidence to prove that. I said this very, you know, not necessarily. Well, I said this very early on, but I've I've maintained this. Bitcoin is completely trackable. 
Mm-hmm. Every transaction is tracked and they have AI that know exactly who's spending what. Mm-hmm. So we've seen all these stories where they're like, we know the far right is spending money here and doing these things. And here's what they bought because they can track every account in the blockchain. So they know what you're doing. Yeah. They can on Monero. Right. Monero is cryptocurrencies. They can't. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And that's why Monero jumped in value because it was like, oh, I can use this and it's untraceable. But it's also why I got pulled off Bitrex last month really? for Americans. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. For yeah. Americans, how yeah. insidious. Yeah. There's that word again. Wow. It's a, they want to know collusion. when you poop, Ian. Facebook. They want to control you. They want to know every little thing it. about you. So, but maybe that's good because people, what is this? The Panama Papers where they were storing all that money overseas. No, no, no. no. And you it, misunderstand. And it broke. You're right. But you misunderstand. Do you think tracking for thee, but not yes, for uh, yes, that guy? You, you, you think the wealthy global ultra elites are going to be subject to us tracking their expenditures? I would hope so. No way. Could you imagine if Epstein was on Bitcoin and we knew exactly what <laughs> yeah. was buying? Never going to happen. Yeah, Deutsche Bank got a slap on the wrist for unusual activities financing and helping Mr. Epstein. Huh. So it's it's yeah. it's the, the 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 you know the rich get richer, the poor stay poor, all that stuff. We know it's going to work. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna track you when you poop. But you will never be allowed to know when Bill Gates poops. That is that is Mark Zuckerberg off limits. Not allowed. Hmm. Yeah. I would need to talk to a blockchain expert to know more about if they could track, if it would track everybody. Does it track the entire blockchain? Like if someone knows your address, they know your transactions. But no, but it's not even that. Remember we talked about how Facebook knows things based on things you might not realize. You can look at certain wallets and see all of them as a blind, you know, public key. It's just a code. You don't see anything. But the computer sees five accounts that interacted with this one account. They know that this account interacted with this account, and they know this account was in Chattanooga. That means if this one's in Chattanooga, this one had to be somewhere near it. Lo and behold, this one interacted with that account. That account was also a few miles from Chattanooga. Boom. They know what city you're in. They're probably laundering through through wallets. Well, oh, definitely a lot of people launder through wallets. But what I'm saying is an AI can look at a big a big list of all these different hash codes and see something a human can't. They can see location data. They can see everything because it's all connected. They only need one key, right? So imagine a Sudoku puzzle. You, you've, you've, you've played Sudoku, you guys know? Yeah. You need a few clues, and then you can solve the puzzle. For those that aren't familiar, it's like, you know, you got, it's three by three grid, and you got to do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and it's got, you know, you can only have one digit in each row, and you got to figure out where it is. You give someone a few clues for a few starting numbers, and you solve the puzzle. A supercomputer is going to look at the Bitcoin blockchain, and they're going to have just one teeny bit of information. This account is a common is is a is a high volume account in New York City, and from there, they can find out who else is in New York City. They can create a data visualization because this one wallet only interacts with you know fifty accounts in New York and only a few others outside of it. Therefore, the person's likely in New York City. Then they can look at who's interacting. They can see that person, and they can create an entire heat map. A geog- geographical locations to the best of its, you know, like with high probability, they'll know who you are, what you're buying, where you're going, what you're doing, everything. They've already done it with the far right. And they've said, we know who's donating and who's donating to who. And they, they, they published it. They were like, this French guy has just given a million dollars to this alt-right guy. And they, 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 they just know because they can look at the wallets. They know the moment you say, hey, here's my key. Send me Bitcoin. They know who you are. They know where you are. They know what your wallet is. And they can use that information to figure out who the other people are that you're, in, you're transacting with. So they got it. Bitcoin is giving that information out. Yep. Welcome to the uh, nightmare dystopia, I suppose. <laughs> but at least you'll be rich if you buy Bitcoin early. So like, would it be 
I'm trying to think of like the U.S. Who pays the U.S. military? They're paid in dollars right now. If they start paying them in Bitcoin, that means the people with the Bitcoin are going to be running the military, not the U.S., not the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. I no, don't think no. we're anywhere near that yeah. happening, though. And, and, and another point to put out is you could pay them in Bitcoin, and then when some like 21-year-old with a few thousand Bitcoin who's super rich shows up, and he says, I'm going to control the military because I have all the resources, they pull out their gun and say, no, you're not. But what yeah. if he's like, just, I'll pay you three times as much? To they do pull the out same their, work for me. The, 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 the special interest says we are legally allowed to cause physical harm to your body. Try it. Yeah. Do you know, do you know, uh, what, what, if it's what a was it? Chinese Luke? guy, though. In yeah. Do you, let me introduce you to a guy named uh, Muammar Gaddafi. <laughs> what, what, was he, Luke, what was he trying to do? He was trying to create the gold, dinar, and African Union currency that oh, what, would trade what was, amongst itself back what was on Saddam gold. Was, what was Saddam Hussein trying to do? So he was trying to sell oil on the international market without the U.S. dollar. <laughs> <laughs> They're both dead. Huh. I wonder. Afghanistan, Syria also made similar measures. So, yeah. You, if you step, it's, it's what Ethan was saying, man. If you step in front of the petrodollar, don't be surprised when you no longer are alive. Most of the countries that are in the news that are looked down upon or getting crapped on are doing that. Yep. It's like Iran. Iran yeah. Russia. Korea, Cuba, Russia also. Mm-hmm. But also very interesting, there was a lot of comments by the kind of establishment types, especially Janet Yellen, Biden's Treasury Secretary, Elon Musk, and also Bill Gates recently that made, uh, according to some people, made the price of Bitcoin go down because uh, Bill Gates said that we could, uh, we should definitely get rid of Bitcoin. Janet Yellen said it was extremely inefficient, which is absolutely hilarious coming from the former Federal Reserve Chairman and very duplicitous and extremely hypocritical. So, well... Should we jump to Super Chats? Yeah, yeah, real fast before we do. Do you remember that military guy who said we're going to be invading like nine countries in nine Yeah, Yeah, nine I years? talked to him uh, and I interviewed him about that. And when I brought it up, he looked like he saw a ghost. Dude. Wesley Clark. <laughs> Wesley Clark. Wesley Look up Clark. We Are Change Wesley Clark. I play that clip of him saying that he was at the meetings and they told them the plan that they're going to invade all of these countries. And he brought it up on an interview with Amy Goodman on Democracy Now. They were doing a live segment, sitting down, talking about it. I talked to him and he he was he literally freaked out and he turned white and he r- ran away he wasn't, from me. He wasn't wrong. He was yeah, um, when I talking, brought it up to him. He was talking about the countries the exact that you just brought up that are like refusing OPEC basically yeah. the OPEC dollar. Yeah. There it is. I, I, look, I, and I've had um, conversations with friends who say that there are humanitarian things to be done in these countries also. Um, but I think that that misses the broader point that there are lots of countries with humanitarian things to be done, but are not monetarily beneficial. And I'm, I'm kind of a realist because I enjoy living here. I have a, I have a nice life. I, I recognize though that for me morally, there's a trade off. Right. You know, I, I, that's exactly the point I used to make to my friends when they were voting. I'm like, you know, I, I have a friend who was telling me they're like a lefty activist. And they wanted to make the world a better place. And I said, no, you want to make your community better. I'm like, no, 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 I want to make the world a better place. And I was like, you're using a, a laptop that was made of Foxconn Laboratory where people are committing yep. suicide in mass. And she had a realization yep. that, no, you're not fighting for the world. Because while you may be more effective with a laptop, it's th- that, that product is, is, is the result of all this suffering. So it's a, it's a, it's a moral trade-off. Yeah. I, I do become disappointed sometimes when, um, this conversation becomes, uh, the, the, the moniker isolationist is hung on it because, 
I grew up in Los Angeles around a lot of uh, left people, and and there was always kind of an anti-war bent. And somewhere, Obama. 10, 15 years ago, that shifted, and we were humanitarians. And I, I just don't, I, I just don't see that. I don't yeah. think of myself as an isolationist, but I do. You know, it's, yeah. it's yeah, becomes yeah. a weird thing. Well, let's take a Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash the like button. And don't forget to go to TimCast.com. Become a member for exclusive members-only segments. Let's read some of these, some of these comments. We got Jonathan Galtarini says, I'm sorry. I'm so angry. Can someone talk about how Biden just bombed oh, yeah. Syria after all these peace deals we made? How does this help any country? Send my brothers and sisters home. Leave the East alone. I hear you, man. Yep. I hear you. You're not wrong. Snowboard Dan says Tim got a new hoodie. I did. Yeah, Ethan gave Ethan. me his American Glutton hoodie and T-shirts. That uh, uh, and I said that looks pretty cool. I think I'm gonna wear it. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear Luke's shirts. Ha. I killed my clone today. What, yeah. is, what does that mean? Uh, the idea comes from a good guy slash mentor of mine named Tom Kyer, who actually played a, a character based on him in the television show Chance. And um, through conversations with him, he has this uh, philosophy that he uses to train um, combat people. People, He's a martial arts instructor. And uh, basically, the point is every day you have to better yourself. So you meet to battle a version of yourself that's 24 hours in the past. And if you can best it, you've won the day and you've killed your clone. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, let's read some, let's read some more. Wow, look at this. Join my cult says, Tim looking dope tonight. Oh, they seem to really like your hoodie, huh? Brent Seigen says, hey, Tim, I mentioned on your stream on the first that my brother Grant has watched you for years but didn't become a member, and I asked you to bully him. Yes. I humbly request you up your bullying and call him out by name <laughs> so I have a sound bite to play him. I assume he has the same last name as you. Grant Seigen, why aren't you a member? Join. Yeah. We'll, make, we'll make a special account. That, o- that we can only post kind of just for him to, to yell at him. <laughs> it's like everyone's like, what is this weird thing? I can't cl- Nothing's happening when I click on it. But only your it's brother great. will be able to click on it. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Mike G says, on your vid earlier on GameStop, the current market has more to do with current government bond interest rates, not GameStonks. I am not a cat. All right. I didn't think you were, but all right. Tons of people are commenting saying Biden bombed Syria. Biden bombed Syria. What's up with that? We did not. Biden bombed Syria. Barely got into it. So what happened? What? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. Bombed facilities that were tied. uh, Allegedly, these are the official sources of what we're hearing right now at Iranian linked facilities that were backed by some of their militia. Again, very still murky details. We just got this announcement. What did they bomb? What are the consequences? What are the uh, amount of people that were killed here? We still do not know. This is so, nuts, man. He's going to start a war with Russia. 36 well, days in. Russia also increased the number of troops that they have in the region. So, of course, did the United States recently. And Turkey is also on the border. And Turkey's the big wild card here because they're a member of NATO. And they're in favor of, of course, taking over more of Syria, which the United States is against, and NATO and and um, United and, States and, are butting head inside of Syria. And now they're saying they want women in the in combat roles, and, mm. the, and they want they want them in the selective service. Dude, this yeah. timing, mm, mm, I don't know if you call it moronic, well, uh, well, liberal economic order of the British and the Americans that are trying to dominate the globe with military bases are losing the plot if they think that the world will not unite against them. 
This is insanity. It's not that easy, bro. Well, it's it, they won't unite against them. And this is the thing. I've been saying this was going to happen on my independent media channel for a very long time. I said as soon as Biden's in, it's only going to be a matter of time until he relaunches the, the bombing campaigns. And here we are. That's the meme. Yeah. The, 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 it's, it, there's a meme. It's amazing. You guys know the meme of Biden eating ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> Luke, Luke posted it. And it's a woman with a Biden hat screaming, can I have my $2,000 check, please? And Biden goes, yeah, sure, babe, I'll bomb Syria. <laughs> yeah, there's another one that says uh, Biden tweeted America is back. And oh, there's a there's yes. an image children. of a Syrian child Dude. saying, oh, good. Oh, God. With the drone being uh, LGBTQ friendly. Oh, All right. Well, well, we'll get into a little bit more with more Super Chats, but uh, we'll read some more. Cerilio says, first saw you in My Name is Earl, but mad props to you, sir, for breaking the typecast you were pigeonholed into. Great surprise guest, Tim and crew. Were you pigeonholed? I think for a long time, uh, at the size I was, I was definitely cast as a, a very large person. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, and, uh, you know, honestly, it, um, I probably would have had more monetary success if I'd stayed that size. Yeah. 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 What were the top, like, three films that you've done that you love the most? Um, Cold Mountain is, uh, my, my favorite movie that I've been in. But then, you know, uh, remember the Titans, American History X, Blow. Wow. Those are those are mall rats. Those are what's Cold Mountain? Movies. It's a Civil War movie that Anthony okay. Minghella directed cool. with Jude Law and Nicole Kidman, Renee Zellweger. Did you do a bunch of location stuff? We we shot it almost entirely in Romania. Wow, oddly enough. Well, yeah. uh, with your weight loss, you got one of the most vital roles ever. You got to be the podcaster in the movie The Hunt. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's a great movie. We have another. Spanky says, "Bring back my name is Earl," and then yes. he's a little uh, hang ten hand sign. Please. Yeah, it seems unlikely. There has there was a Jason Lee and Greg Garcia, the creator, went and talked to some streaming platforms about doing more episodes and it, they got a lukewarm response. So really? yeah, I mean, this was a really popular show, man. It was it, huge. It was very popular, but I think with stuff like full house and will and grace and the shows that did come back, there was such a huge, uh, outpouring of like, please do this show. So we it, need 43,000 people to tweet right now. Hashtag bring back my name is Earl. That might do it. Well, you know, Hey, if people really want it, Andrew, Andrew says, is your flat ground game on the level of Johnny Geiger? You've said you don't have a favorite skater previously, but give me a top three. Keep it up guys. Absolutely not. Johnny would annihilate me. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Johnny Geiger is probably one of the best flat ground skaters in the world. Hands down. Uh, top three skateboarders. Oof, that's tough. Always Rodney Mullen. And I know it might be a little cliche to say because he's the godfather of street skating. But when I was younger and started skating, I watched Rodney Mullen videos. Me and my friends did freestyle. That's why there's this video my buddy Brett shot 15 years ago. It's Tim Pool skating in a warehouse and now has like 400,000 views. The craziest thing. I'm like 19. But I do a one foot nose manual, shove it manual, kickflip because it's Rodney Mullen. Uh, I'm actually going to say uh, Elliot Sloan right now. Do you guys, you, you watch any skateboarding stuff? A little bit. Elliot Sloan, man, he's got a mega ramp in his backyard, but it's like a double mega ramp and his videos are some of the best. I watch that vert skating and I'm like, I wish I could do, and I wish I could do just a front side air on a 20 foot vert ramp. Not going to happen. I'm too old. And then um, maybe uh, Aurelian uh, Giraud. Gerard, probably pronouncing his name wrong, but he might be, I think, one of the best skateboarders on the planet right now, if not the best, just in terms of all around skill and ability. So there you go. 
All right, we got Jay Manial says Canada didn't need conscription to get one million people to volunteer in time of trouble during World War Two with a population of 11 million. Very interesting. Interesting. Zach 30 says Frankie Staccino is on Timcast. OMG, Boy Meets World changed my life. Been a fan forever since then and watch your journey unfold. Much love. Everybody's gushing over Ethan. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that show was happening before these people were alive. I really really do. I mean, I was a little kid when it was on. I watched it. Yeah. Um, But I I was barely, barely. When did it first air? I was born in 1996. 93? Yeah. Okay. I watched it. I enjoyed it. Okay. It was a staple in my... Fred uh, Savage's younger brother? Because yeah. I was a huge Wonder Years fan. And yeah. I got to say, his brother's maybe a better actor than... <laughs> I don't know. You guys are both awesome, but they were, they were great. Surprisingly amazing. Yeah. It was fun. Oh, check this out. Uh, no Salazar says, George Romero shot Day of the Living Dead at the same mall Mallrats was shot. Is that true? I didn't know that. Wow. That's hilarious. Watch them both back to back. Maybe maybe make a short film that combines the two universes. Oh, yeah. The Kevin Smith zombie universe. Zombie mall rats. That would yeah. be a fun movie. Gordo Fabulous says, screw mall rats. Here's five bucks for having Randy on. Bring back My Name is yes. Earl. Well, you guys have all tweeted it. Let's go. I don't... I, look, I'm... It would be amazing if that happened. It'd be amazing I mean, if that happened, but I, I think it, I think it requires a lot of people. Who owned My Name is Earl? Which network was it? Um, Fox. Fox. Yeah. Fox owned a, it, but oh, it, so it aired Plus. on NBC. Really? So it'd be a Disney Plus show. Hmm. I don't know. Disney, you need some more mature content. I don't mean like mature rated. I mean like more content for like the older generation. I turn on Disney Plus and what do we get? Kids we get stuff. Yeah, a lot of a lot of kids stuff. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids stuff. I mean they got they have Simpsons and Family Guy on Disney Plus. They gotta bring back my name is Earl. All right, let's see what we got here. Let's jump to Raymond Field says, so our dumb president already is launching strikes in Syria and is promising action on the Second Amendment. But remember, folks, orange man bad. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Biker Bob says, Ethan, are you still looking for a ranchero? I have one from M.N.I. Earl. Oh, from my name is Earl. Oh, those cars were awesome. My wife would be pissed if I got one. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it goes. A lot of people are just saying, my name is Earl. My name is Earl. Uh, Oliver McCrea says, oh my God, it's, it's, it's my name. My name is not Earl. Love your show. Keep finding the good, good fight. Here's a good one. Uh, Bobby Bob says, Ethan, your weight loss has been inspirational to me. While I'm still struggling greatly, I've got, I've gotten the working out part down. Seeing you is helping me with the mental aspect. Nice. You have, uh, any, any quick, simple, easy advice, or is that just a myth? No, no, I, I do. I think that for me, the most important things that helped for long term were the idea of allowing it to take time, not needing it to be immediate, um, and figuring out stuff specifically with uh, exercise that I could do every day and wasn't going to be something that I either wound up hurt or so exhausted by that I couldn't do it. So I now exercise for an hour a day, six days a week. And they're, they're workouts that I could do forever. It's never going to be too much. Perfect. Yeah. Right on. Let's see. We got this one from Peric. I'll just leave it, leave it there. Jocko disagrees with you. Colonel David Hackworth handled draftees in Vietnam, and he said they performed well, too. All depends on the quality of leadership. Draftees question chain of command more than volunteers. Yeah. I, you know, Luke, wasn't it true that the NYPD said they only hired dumb cops? 
I remember hearing something about that. I don't know if it was specifically with the NYPD, but I remember if an officer uh, scored, know, scored too high. high on the intelligence portion. And, and it wouldn't surprise me because if you want people to take orders and not question them, you usually have to lower the IQ of your candidates. Yeah. Uh, debased Zoomer says, Ethan, your character in My Name is Earl had sleep apnea. Do you have it? If so, did weight loss help? I was diagnosed two years ago and have been getting treatment ever since with a CPAP machine. It's made life livable again. Yes, I did have it, and I don't anymore. Ooh. Losing and, weight. Uh, losing weight wow. handled it for me. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's it's a brutal, brutal thing to have. It's like we wake up at night going, <gasps> Yeah, you're not breathing. Yeah, but I, I would do it and not be even aware that that was happening. Whoa. My, my wife would listen to me and go like, hey, wake up, you're not breathing. Wow. Um and I was just tired all the time, yeah. and I would like fall asleep driving oh. my car because wow. you weren't getting REM sleep. Like your brain couldn't get sleep because you know is that what was happening? Yeah, crazy. crazy. It's awful. Yeah. Jacob Dalbinspec says, "I work for a company that makes parts for Raytheon. As much as I don't like the military-industrial complex, I really like the money from the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Keep us open during COVID. That's true. You can't you can't deny that people well, your like business America. is going to be booming under a Biden presidency. Yep. Congrats, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> Black Pelt of Confucian says, hey, Tim, what's up with the shirt? Ah, so many people are watching and probably wondering why I'm wearing this hoodie. It's it's Ethan's podcast, yeah. American Glutton. American Glutton. Yeah, and so he gave me swag, and I was looking at the hoodie, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Kinda I'm, cool. I'm going to wear it. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate well, because I thought it was the anarchy symbol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It says American right. Glutton. The, 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 the G is open. It's not a full yeah. circle. Not a full circle, yeah. but I thought it looked cool you're enough. Get, you're getting there. It's a good, it's a good visualization. <laughs> it's almost, it's yeah. almost, it's almost there. there. Yeah. <laughs> Corey Carlson says, hi, Tim. Love love you. Love the whole group. Tell Ethan Suplee congrats on getting ripped. Fun fact. The same amount of people have died in gender reveal accidents and shootings <laughs> as the amount of people that died in the Capitol insurrection. Jeez. Did you guys see the latest one? Like a gender reveal exploded and yeah, kills. Yeah, you just got to. I'll tell you what. Make a birthday cake and make the inside blue or red or pink yep, or whatever. There you, there you go. You cut it and like, oh, hey, look, I got a cake. I have just, four kids. We never did this. Right. Just yeah. tell this people. Wasn't, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> you know, you do. You have a, a, a Trump hat or a Biden hat. <laughs> it's like, it's a boy. So wait, wait. Oh, no, it's that's a red. It's a Republican. It's a Republican. <laughs> red and blue. Congratulations. All right, let's see. Robert Kindley says, you can't go to war with China if you are too busy going to war with, with China, Joe Biden. Hey, there you go. And then pointing to his head. Clyde the Slug says, Tim, just bought two I Am a Gorilla shirts. Ooh. Also, chocolate-covered pretzels. Those are, those are quite delicious. Uh, and don't forget, you can get your exclusive Our Pillow. It is the, the first version over at Teespring. Go to TimCast.com, click shop, and you can get the I Am a Gorilla t-shirt and the Our Pillow, which has the my crossed out. And we are working on the campaign for the official original Our Pillow, which is just behind Ian. It's a burlap sack full of packing peanuts. That's the prototype. That's the prototype. I am not joking when I say we are going to sell this. Now, yeah. there's probably... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke, folks. It's I mean, it, it is. It is funny, but, but we're it's gonna not do a it. joke. And I'm not kidding. I've, I've looked into getting commercials on Fox News, and I'm pretty, sh I'm pretty confident that will happen. I'm pretty confident we're going to sell some. And we're going to have a our pillow. It is a burlap sack full of standard home packing and peanuts. people are going to buy it. Watch. Well, we got to figure out a bunch of regulatory stuff. Ugh. But I plan on doing not this. Not an actual pillow. Yeah. I just, I just, you know what I was thinking? It's like an artwork. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <gasps> yes. Where, where is anybody, you know, like, like Elon Musk has all his money and he does some fun stuff with like his tweets, but he could literally have a giant golden statue of like, I don't know, Pac-Man just built and put somewhere for no reason. I'm so glad he doesn't. And, but it would, why? I don't know. Opulence. 
But it's not about that. It's about like, okay, so maybe not that, but doing things to kind of like sort of shake people a little bit. Yeah. Like, hey, wake up, Elon live, do old. something. Yep. Make life fun. Yeah. That's why I wanted to do the hour pillow. Because I want people to be like, this is the worst pillow I've ever had, <gasps> but it's mine and I got it. I'm excited for it. It'd there be funny. It'd be funny. There you go. Do you know that there, there's now NFT art? What is that? Non-fungible token art. What? It, some of it's worth millions of dollars, too. And it's just written into blockchain. I think really? they're using it's Ethereum. Like crypto yeah. kitties? Cool. Something like that. Oh, yeah. Weird. That's interesting. Wow. Cool. Never heard of it. Robert Galera says, Ethan, your body transformation video was an inspiration. Exercise has been routine in my life for the past two years. Thank you. Yes. Nice. Thank you. Seven Empire says, my man Ethan was Seth from American History X. Mm -hmm. Looking good, brother. You were in all of my favorite shows and films growing up. Who remembers Boy Meets World? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Ministeroni says, Spotify unfollowed your podcast for me, so it's time I joined this really cool website. I hear they sell great pillows. Yes, Keep up they the do. great work, everybody. That's right. <laughs> the best. Let's see. Uh, what is this? Skillsbot? Nice to see Louis Lastic on the show. C plus average coach. What, yeah, that what? was a line from Remember the Titans. The character uh, I played in our line from Right that. on. Yeah, I got in college. <laughs> John McHugh says, Ian, it's a sailboat. Yeah. Mall rats references. I'm sure a bunch of the super chats are going to be... The Mallrats references. I love that movie. Good was, movie. I mean, Kevin's such a genius, man. Yeah. Oh, I love it in his raw form. You know. I mean, look at this, man. Curious Mishap says, yo, Ethan, I remember you were my favorite character on that canceled TV show. Would you ever advocate for a continuation of My Name is Earl? I would do it. I think everybody, all the cast has been asked. They all said they would do it. Cool. It really is just a matter of demand. I think. I think the I demand think they is got, there. They should do it. I think we, I, I got Disney Plus um, and I canceled it, but. Because of, uh, you know, some controversies and stuff. But well, uh, what are the Disney Plus controversies? The Uyghur, the Uyghur thing. And, oh, Gina Carano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gina Carano. Yeah. And then I was like, the Gina Carano thing was was dumb. But the, 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 the Uyghur thing with the, was it the XPCC? That was like, oof. I, I have a question about the Gina Carano thing because I, I just don't know. Was she a regular on that show? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was... Uh, I don't know if she if you consider her to be a supporting or recurring character, recurring perhaps, but she was in like what like more than half of the episodes in each season, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, listen, again, maybe around half. To play the devil's advocate, when you do a television show for a big company like that, you sign a morality clause. Yep. And if and it's not even defined if you do something that they find immoral, they can get rid of you. I did mention this when, when she got canceled. I did say, listen, while I recognize, I thought it was absurd she got canceled because what she said was don't demonize your neighbor. She didn't say anything about Republicans. She didn't compare Republicans to anybody. She said this, they demonize their neighbors in Nazi Germany. I said, but listen, the reason why they hire actors is like you're, you're, uh, you're an advertisement. Yeah. They, they want to put your name. In, you know, first of all, they want the talent, obviously. But for, for certain people... You know, they, they want top billing. They, they want people to see this and say, oh, I love that actor. I, want, I love the shows they do. And so you're acting as a kind of salesperson for the brand outside of the acting you do in it. I mean, that's fair, too. You're the actor. You're the expert. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And, uh, and if you do something that tarnishes their brand, they're, they're very quickly going to get rid of it. Right. They don't want that kind of the, the, drama. The problem is the will, the, the like, that you could you could drop an ice cream cut on the ground and then people are going to scream at the top of their lungs to try and get you fired. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously not that simple, 
But they, the media really spun what she said completely out of context. I think it's it's a really dumb analogy, but I understand the gist of what she's but no, saying. No, she didn't also. make an analogy. Well, the meme, whatever the meme was. She shouldn't have posted the image because yeah. the image was actually from. I think it was the image that got her canned. That was right. That I think you, I, I would absolutely criticize because I don't, I wouldn't post them like that. But all it said was in world, in Nazi Germany, they had the, you know, before the government was able to do what they did, they were propagandizing people to attack their own neighbors. How is that different from attacking someone on their political views? Right. She didn't say anything about Republicans. So that was insinuated. And then now people are saying she compared Republicans to like, you know, the Jewish people. That, that, that's, she didn't do that. Yeah. At the core of the message was stop demonizing your neighbors for what they believe. And I was like, if someone on the left posted that, people would be like, that's right. Trump supporters should stop doing this. Yeah. Everyone should stop doing it. But I, but I think, I think it is fair to point out. And I definitely did like right away. Like if you work for Disney and you post something, that's why a lot of actors keep their mouths shut. Yeah, that's why I think it's rad that you came on the show. To be honest, there's a lot of people that I know and respect who are like, I'm really worried I'll get in trouble if I, you know, come on the podcast and we we talk politics. And it's like, I, I don't blame them. It's really, you know, I, I I'm disappointed for sure. But you know, I, I talked about this with a lot of people. It's hard to tell someone, will you sacrifice everything in your life now that there's a political battle? My personal answer is like, I will always stand up for what I believe in. I understand why people might be, you know, worried or scared. Stuff. We don't even need to talk about politics. Half the, uh, we we just kind of choose that path, but there's so many other cool things to do and talk about, like health. For I instance, definitely think one. we need to try harder to focus on some positive things yeah. in life as Dude, well. Dude, entertainment, mm-hmm. like just I mean, your your presence, your aura, and your history, like the power of that industry is so. I don't know how you would say it. Immense. I mean, that's one way to phrase it, but like just pervasive. It's so like it's storytelling. It's one of the most ancient human arts and. Mass media is, you know, but it's it's so it's enhanced it or intensified it. You know, it's incredibly powerful. When 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 Ethan walked in, everybody was gushing, <laughs> and I'm just like, it's funny that we can have these really high profile political figures that we listen to every day that inspire people, and it's like, oh wow, hey, it's cool, to, cool to finally meet you. But then you know, you come in, and I think there is something really important about entertainment that we take for granted. When I was younger, I used to actually feel the opposite. I was like, we waste too much time on entertainment. We don't focus on the more important things. And now that we've inverted it. And politics has become pop culture. I'm like, can we please go back to talking about movies? Seriously. Yeah. Because we went too far. We we want to focus on the important things. And we need to have relief. Got we need humor. to have humor. Humor. Absolutely. Word humor and human is like inter, intertwined. We need it. People are saying, here, look, check this out. Uh, Doc says, bro, remember the Titans is my all-time favorite sports movie. Shame it's only on Disney+. Plus. I had to go out and find the DVD. Hmm. Like, the fact that, you know, we watch these movies and we're inspired and we feel good. It's It's... We need we need to bring that back into pop culture because, you know, I was talking to a uh, uh, like a podcast network recently and they were talking about politics and news and stuff. And I said, I got to be honest, like I talked a lot about culture. We talked about Sonic the Hedgehog a year ago and Birds of Prey. But when the movie industry kind of stopped and COVID happened and everything went, went election and politics became pop culture, it got so intense and everyone started fighting. I'm like, there needs to be a split. You know, we need to focus on politics. And we need to focus on the things that give us relief and joy to calm down. Otherwise, we're going to explode. Hey, I I have I have an audience question. Sorry, I have to interject. I'm being pressured by my audience here. Um, I have a a friend who wants to know what you guys both like best about Michael Malice. (laughs) (laughs) His friend is Michael Malice. Who is this friend? I wonder who this is. I okay, Michael. Are you texting Lydia? Maybe, maybe not. I so I just want to say, um. His humbleness. I, I think Michael Malice 
has perfected how to use Twitter. Yes. Because he's not, he's, he's nothing he writes is cheap. None of it is like super obvious or, or if it is, you have to be paying attention to him a while. And at the bottom of it, He's actually the most caring guy. It's yeah. it's it's really wonderful. I love Michael Malice. When Michael tweeted, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say what he tweeted. Do I it. hope you're all ready. What do you think Rush Limbaugh is saying to George Floyd right oh, now? No. Something like that. I I really like the tweet. You know why? Because it's implying they're both. I would say in heaven together. Yeah. In a, in a good place. Equals. And uh, I just thought it was Michael knows how to craft his tweets perfectly. Yeah. That's why I said, like, you know, people say, like, who do you look up to in life? I said, never really anybody, to be honest. But in terms of like, in, like, who I'm keeping my eye on, I watch Michael Malice tweet and I'm like, this guy's he's figured it out. Yeah. I've not seen anybody figure it out like he's figured it out. It's definite inspiration. I love him. And, and uh, I'm very excited about so did, his so book. Did he the just make, make you promote? <laughs> so now we're promoting his book. Michael Malice. <laughs> Michael Malice's new book, The White Genius. Pill. Well, right. not only The White Pill, he's writing The Anarchist Handbook. Oh, Ooh. interesting. Because, you know, there's a lot of the, the left anarchists get very, very angry at the, at the anarcho-capitalists. Yeah, non-aggression principle, the free market. Right, but Lysander Spooner was around predating Emma Goldman. Um, anyway, the point is their sanity from all those guys, all those cats had stuff to say that was rational yeah. at some point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to write a really cool book. I'm excited. Yeah, right on. Hard work, I know. All right, we got Philip Abudi says, 584 pounds here, and I have been on opioids for eight years. And the dosage was slowly going up and up until I started to remove carbs, sugar specifically. And I started taking vitamin C and D, uh, magne- I think MG is magnesium, yeah. mm-hmm. zinc, and collagen daily. Woo. I have stopped taking opioids, dropping from 100 plus milligrams a day to none. Woo. Dude, wow. awesome. Congratulations. Congrats. That's awesome. That's yeah. some of the supplements I take. Collagen? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We promote collagen with yeah. one of our sponsors. Magnesium. So we'll always give a shout out to BioTrust. Those guys are awesome. Help the show, make the show happen. Jordan's... Schaffer says, join the family at TimCast.com. YouTube lost all my confidence in it when I couldn't donate a normal amount easily. Thank you for the amazing content. Y'all are the best. So we, uh, uh, so right now, what we're doing with the website, we have just like extra segments we'll do. We, we, we reserve the more like the things we're not supposed to say on social media because we can send on the website. We can swear we do all stuff. But what we want to do with TimCast.com, but maybe a bigger brand, maybe we'll start with TimCast.com, is actually original shows. So... Other podcasts, but even fiction stuff that may be down the line. I think we might start with mini docs and man on the street interviews and just get more and more content and really, you know, bring some, you know, bang for your buck. All right. Chris Pavoto says you often say finite resources. How much longer until the media praises Thanos 50% concept? (laughs) Sell me a 40 year old using the Internet for 20 years on a VPN. How will my years of past history help my future? The Thanos thing, aren't they already doing that? The Great Reset? Sacrifice, yeah. I mean... Well, they kind of have accepted that the human population is... There's too much and that people are going to die regardless. So they're trying to, like, get ahead of the curve on that Well, or the human population is going to go down, according to many statisticians and scientists, by the year uh, 2044, according to some estimates, or even sooner, because a large swap of the Western populations are declining in numbers rapidly. And there's a big, huge loss of sperm count. There's a huge rise in miscarriages. There's a huge rise in infertility. So the population is dramatically going down in shocking ways that are going to have huge, profound implications that I talk about on my YouTube channel, because this is huge stuff 
that deserves more coverage. Definitely. Uh, but yeah. also, isn't there something to do with like as uh, groups move out of poverty, they have less kids? Yes. That's got to be part of it too, right? Yeah. Well, uh, yes, that's why Western countries and Japan are, de- are dealing with this, but each country is different. China is different because of their one-child policy that a lot of uh, establishment elites like Ted Turner call for in the United States. Individuals like Prince Philip and Bill Gates kind of you know, advocate for depopulation as well. So there's a lot of different variables. The population in China might normalize. The population in Africa is going up dramatically. All right, we got Ryan Curie says, hey, Tim, I love your show. Been watching Luke since the old days. Wondering how you think a right-leaning moderate like myself should go about debating emotional leftists and people who believe everything CNN and mainstream media tells them. Be nice to them. If they get angry, apologize for making them angry. Swallow your pride. When I have a lot of conversations with, with like my lefty friends and I'll say something, I try to be calm, they'll get agitated. Because it's like, if there's something they, they're confident in, but they actually don't know about. So let's say, they'll, they'll say something like, you know, oh, I think Biden is better than Trump because he's going to get us these checks. And then I'll say, well, it's been, you know, how many, 30, 31 days he hasn't got the checks to anybody. If they get really mad, I'll say something like, hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you angry. I, you know, I just want to have a conversation. You know, we don't, we don't have to talk if you don't want to and just try to be friends. The, uh, it's not easy. It's not, su- it's not super easy because everybody gets agitated. Everybody gets elevated, you know, you know, the tensions elevate. But, you know, really what I do when I have conversations with people is if they go off the deep end, it gets super tribalist. I'll just say something like, I don't understand why you're being so mean. You know, I'm sorry that you got angry. We don't have to talk about this because you're not going to solve anything if people are screaming at each other. So it just really depends, depends on what your goal is. Sometimes uh, people have told me they intentionally try to have like they'll they'll keep engaging with someone who's getting angry because they want other people to see it. Mm. So one thing I often do is I try to be overly polite in any conversation I have, particularly on Twitter, because my my attitude is, look, someone is watching this conversation and they're going to see me saying I didn't mean any harm. I'm sorry. I mean, no disrespect. And the other person saying F you, you moron. You're so dumb. And people are going to gravitate towards the person who's nice. That's the easiest way to do it, I suppose. First thing you got to do. It's proven. All right, let's jump down. Let's see what we got here in the old Super Chat box. Rocket Punch says, Hi, Ethan. Big fan and so happy to see you healthy. Great work, man. Please call whoever can bring back Santa Clary to diet. Oh, that's another show that was canceled too early um, that I was in the last season of. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know who to tell, but but the creator of that was one of the writers on My Name is Earl, so I think oh, it was in the same universe somehow. I, I got to say, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know if I have the, the, the clout in any capacity with you know with the audience to actually get my name israel to trend and come back That'd but i would fun. say it would be like the coolest thing ever if like you know it happened that what, would be awesome tweet? and it's just like ethan went on this show and they were talking about political issues and cultural issues and war and then the audience was like we want my name israel that'd be awesome <laughs> that'd be so cool yeah what should people tweet I don't know. What should people tweet? I have, no, I have no, I have no, I don't know how Twitter works anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think if, if, if everybody told all their friends, they're bringing back so many shows, they're bringing back Frasier. Are they? Yeah, they're bringing back Frasier. Yeah, Paramount Plus. Hmm, right. Tons of shows. It's time to come back, man. Yeah, it could happen. Daddy T says, Tim, what's your favorite skate video besides your sponsor me tape? Uh, I don't have a sponsor me tape. I never, I've never done anything like that. I hate filming. I just, I hate filming skateboarding. I filmed some stuff that I was proud of in the past, but my favorite skate video, um, what's it called? Is it fun by Santa Cruz? Maybe not. I don't remember. I, you know, I honestly, I don't really care for, for skate videos all that much or filming. 
I just like, uh, oh, nope, sorry, easily. It's Brett Novak's Killian Martin, A Skate Escalation, hands down. He's a friend of mine, but the music, so good. And Killian Martin, an amazing skateboarder. You guys should check that out on uh, on, on his channel, Brett Novak. It was one of, it was like a super famous video, it went mainstream viral. So that's, it was crazy to see regular people who didn't skate watching the skate video like, wow. So that's super cool. All right. DJ Medeiros says, Tim, I once read an issue of Popular Mechanics from the late 90s. In it, there was an article that said all the UFO technology from Area 51 and Wright-Patterson Air Force Base was moved to a base in northwest Utah that's 200 square miles. Interesting. Well, that, that would be fun to learn about, I suppose. Publius the Good said, Trump did that to M1, just saying. Well, his cabinet, because he was trying to bribe the people who... I can't say that on YouTube. He was trying to bribe people... But they still turned on him. Yeah. Nate Boy, uh, Boley, or Nate Boy, why don't you make dual stream to TimCast.com so you can just shut down YouTube stream and keep streaming on .com for exclusive segment? People won't have to wait an hour or two. Thoughts on that? Yes. So we are actually working on a bunch of new tech for the website. We're going to be redoing the graphic design and building everything out. And one of them is going to be essentially what you've just said, as well as other technology we're going to open source and provide to other people so they can have the same access as, as we do. And uh, I don't know if that, what does that make me? I'm like a lefty libertarian, right? I'm going to free the yeah. code, Ian. We're going to make code that can benefit all these other people that they can use on their websites and we're going to give it away for free. And then we're going to start a civilization on Mars with it. <laughs> there you go. I guess, maybe. Ambitious. Titan Tech 90 says, I went to, I went to high school at Papio South and we were the Titans. We got Denzel and the original Titans coach, Boone, to come visit when we opened. You look great, brother. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Ashley Parrish says, whenever I see Ethan, all I hear is The Tuna, one of my favorite movies. You look fantastic. And now if I didn't know it was you, I would never guess it was you. That has been funny. There have been a few instances where people have been in arguments online saying, I'm not me. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. just a little weird. Transformation, man. Yeah. I mean, that photo... From your Instagram, where it's like you before and then after, and you're like standing tall and flexing. It's like you look totally different. Yeah. It's like the the other one is you know a marshmallow, and the other one's a Viking warrior. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Let's see. Ah, uh, yeah. Thinking out loud mentions uh, NFT crypto art. Beeple made three point five million in December. New art auction today on Christie's currently at two point two million expires in fourteen days. So what what is that? It's I don't know how it works, but it's art tied into, I believe they use Ethereum, but it's some blockchain. I don't know how it works at all, but it is, it's, uh, it's a piece of art that you store in your wallet and, you know, ultimately nobody can take it away from you. It can't be seized. Wow. I mean, it works because people want to store a value. I'm saying, I don't know how it's fabricated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of art is people buying something so that the money they have sits in, an, in a hard asset, you know? Alternative JK says, oh, snap. Shout out to Ethan Supplee on TimCast IRL. I was going to say it's Vince from Art School Confidential, but I'll keep it subtle. <laughs> By the way, I'm digging everyone's fashion sense tonight. What what a Thursday, and now I finish fanboying. <laughs> oh, man. Rudy C. Winslow says, Ethan, you abused a clown in Vulgar. You were in Vulgar. I was. Dude, I saw that movie, and I was like, what the <laughs> is this movie? Yeah, that was so Was that Kevin Smith? It, it was, uh, No. Um, did you ever see this show, um, Comic Book Guys? 
Yeah, I love that Maybe. show. It was one of those. Wait, guys. is that Kevin and his friends? Kevin. It was the comic book shop that Kevin opened, yeah, yeah. and then the one of the guys in that directed Vulgar. Oh, yeah. Which which guy? I don't know. I wouldn't know my name. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I don't it's know hilarious. how to describe it. It's yeah. like a bunch of guys sitting around Brian talking about Johnson. Comics. Yeah. All right, we'll just do uh, we'll just do a couple more here. Tyler Toth says, "Hey Ethan, can you give some insight on working on the ranch? One of my favorite shows. Cheers." A lot of fun. I think um, you know it's it's this odd thing in Hollywood where sitcoms are kind of looked down upon a little bit um, because uh, multi camera shows came out and, and were so kind of creative and interesting that people kind of stopped thinking well of sitcoms. But as a human being, sitcoms are much easier to make and um, you live a better life. So, yeah. I mean, that's what I have to say about the ranch. There it was go. a lot of fun to do. Paul S. says, a My Name is Earl spinoff with Ethan as the lead would be better and a smiley face. <laughs> yes. All right, last one. Chef Gap says, love the stream, Tim. You guys, gals, should have an episode talking about Magic the Gathering. No, just political. Well, we're planning on doing a gaming uh, channel and everything, too. We actually got a streaming rig set up, so we're getting there. I guess the main challenge is we can only work as hard as a human being can work, mm. and we need more human beings. So I will tell you, I think I'm looking now for, like, two <clears throat> journalists and probably some developers, but we still have to suss out what the full plan is going to be before we can get to that point. Suss. Tim actually got yeah. me a, uh, a little Magic the Gathering gift Ooh. today. Uh, awesome. Bob Ross, original oh, so art. Lands. So excited. Yeah. So neat. It's beautiful. One Magic, of my favorite artists. Magic the Gathering is a card game. One of the core components are called land cards. And they took Bob Ross paintings for the art on the cards. And it's got Bob Ross's name. And it is beautiful. It is incredible. Happy little mistakes. Happy little mistakes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out. We're going to be jumping over to the exclusive members only segment in a little bit. So make sure you follow me on all social media at TimCast. Check out my other YouTube channels, youtube.com slash TimCast, youtube.com slash TimCastNews. We do this show on IRL Live, Monday through Friday at 8 p.m., but we are on all podcast platforms. So leave us a good review. You know, shout us out on these platforms. Give us all the good stars and all that. But don't forget to like, share, comment, and uh, subscribe to this channel as well. But seriously, sharing is the best thing you can do. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, we'll see you all in the next show. But uh, Ethan, you want to shout out anything in particular, your podcast? I maybe? have a podcast called American Glutton, and you can see images of me on Instagram at Ethan Suplee. There you go. So right now I am posting and memeing about the current situation in Syria on Luke We Are Change on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to support me, you can on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. And I'm pretty close to 700,000 YouTube subscribers on my main YouTube channel, We Are Change. And if we could get to that milestone, it would mean absolutely nothing. But I would <laughs> smile for a little bit. It would be, it'll be like, it would be cool. So, so thanks so much for having me. I'm Ian Crossland. You can follow me at iancrossland.net if you'd like to see me play video games with my friends as well. You can follow me on Twitch at iancrossland.tv. Was that right? No, no, it's twitch.tv slash iancrossland. I'm a gorilla. Buy a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. There you go. And I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter. And I am Real Sour Patch Lids on Instagram and Gab. And Sour Patch Lids on Minds. We're going to talk about some uh, Hollywood stuff, I think, in the in the exclusive members only segment. Ooh. I got so many questions, but there's also some stuff happening with Lady Gaga. I know a lot of people probably say, oh, we don't care about Lady Gaga, but this I think is, is fairly important. So we'll talk about this. Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you over at TimCast.com. Bye, guys.